0: What's up, all you beautiful people? Welcome back to The Strange Road. You are listening to part two of Cryptids of the Strange Corn Road Swapcast with our buddies Justin and Jay from Cryptids of the Corn. If you found your way to our show and you're a fan of Cryptids of the Corn, we welcome you with open arms. Justin and Jay are the best. And in this part, we go deep into carnivorous clouds and sky beasts The Snallygaster, Smithsonian Conspiracies, Giants Disappearing from the Great Headache, Bringing Mammoths Back with Cloning, Megalania Sightings in Australia, and of course, Serpent Mound and Earthworks in Ohio, plus much, much more. Please go check out Cryptas of the Corn wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow and leave them a 5-star rating if you enjoy their show. Check out their YouTube channel and join their poppin' Facebook group. You can find them on Instagram at cryptids underscore of underscore the underscore corn. Much love to all you passionate cryptid enthusiasts out there. And enjoy this part two episode. We'll be looking forward to many more conversations with the boys. Take care guys. So where are you guys at with uh, the Giants? Giant skeletons. Oh
1: gosh, I'm gonna. Gr- Can I grab another beer? Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's
2: Jay's
0: turn. Let's go. It's Jay. <laughs> t- <laughs> You've got the uh, giant skeleton goods.
2: Well, I don't know if I have the goods, but I just—it's definitely an interest of mine. Do you
0: guys follow uh, Giants of of America on Instagram at all?
2: Oh, see, I <laughs> don't, don't know have you Instagram. Guys, that's okay. know um, The Appalachian Giant TJ. TJ. He has TJ. A on everything. Okay. The Appalachian Giant TJ. Okay. Go I need a reminder. I'm bad with people. Oh, oh, TJ. Okay. Yeah. Yeah I, TJ. yeah. I got one of his photographs hanging in my, hanging in my house. Um, photographs of of what? He's oh. a photographer. Oh, okay, sweet. He has a pretty cool. There he does work around like, um, uh, Mount Pleasant and yeah, he, really good photographer. Really cool nature stuff. But I'm bought nice. one of his photos at the Oak Hills Bigfoot Conference. It was pretty good. Awesome. I'd love to meet him. But uh, we did one episode on giants and stuff, but it's definitely uh, more of an seven interest of mine sevens than sevens. his. But I mean, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, actually, like what constitutes someone as a, a giant, you know, in your oh, definition, generally it's has a six, giant
0: seven sometimes gets brought into it, but I don't uh, really consider no, that. In, so, so,
2: so not, I think me and him definitely have different that's opinions like the on lowest it. Very different.
0: Because, and here's the reason why they'll find these burials with someone that's around six, seven, mm-hmm. but the, People buried beneath them mm-hmm. or like sometimes they'll be, you know, sitting upright facing east is right. a big one. Um, you get a lot of that stuff. Um, uh, but basically much smaller people that are like five four, five mm. three, kind of your traditional uh Native American um yeah you know what you would find in, in typically a, a, an yeah. average person a, a, a hunter person. gatherer exactly yeah. mm-hmm. so you would have these kind of extra tall people but then you have the big ones where it's like eight foot tall nine foot tall mm-hmm. man buried with giant huge nine foot sword spear, huge yeah. The, yeah that's i think the helmet two that different things fit.
1: in my opinion. that's what we me mean, jay different kind of split well, I they th- could be hybrids, too. I think tall
3: too. people are tall like, people. Like, we know tall people. Yeah, we, yeah, sure. We grew up in the land
2: of tall. We have... TJ
1: is literally what? How tall is he? I
2: don't know, six, I don't know, four, four, four or, or five. Yeah. So, like, <coughs> tall guy.
1: But I think that when we talk about actually a giant as in not a giant human, as in a different species. That's exactly, exactly.
3: It's
0: a
1: hominoid, a different uh, uh, yeah. hominoid. Yeah, different, different whole hominid. different animal yeah. than yeah. we are. Yep. Uh, very s- s- phenotypically <clears throat> the same well, creature. Well, some of them have giant sure. of, uh extra rows of teeth mm-hmm. I can, after jay goes i can talk to you about that in a second yeah that's wild stuff there's, I've there's te- reasons for that
0: yeah they call it there's a, a term for it a lot of those the double rows of teeth are out in the east coast uh where they find not so much earthworks but they find these really weird super advanced sub like uh but they call them rock piles they they basically archaeology says that they're just these like discard piles essentially Mm -hmm. from colonists Mm. but they're some of them like the sun will come in there'll be a little pool of water they see them in pennsylvania um but uh, all through rhode island uh connecticut and and they're these chambers these with megalithic stones that are are coming together perfectly to make these roofs Mm -hmm. and it's not shoddy masonry work. Right. These are not piles of stone. Just thrown together. in those areas, that's where you find a lot of the double rows of teeth is hmm. more on the East Coast. Um, but, you know, there have been reports in Ohio. There's newspaper articles that we've seen from, you know, like those old antiquarian journals. Have you found any of those on Google Books or anything? There, so, there are a lot of those online that are just like some old antiquarian guy writing in his journal. Yeah.
1: Do you have, there, have any of Adam Benedict's books? Hmm. Uh. Yeah. Uh, Pine Bearing Institute. Adam Benedict. Okay. Uh. You did oddities in prints and monsters in print. Okay. No. Just no, really. all collected, all kinds of old newspaper clippings. Oh, we'll really? It. It's okay. great. We use it for the show. That's great. Uh, Very cool. It's, it's yeah. definitely books, they're, and they're not that. I think they're what the big ones sixteen bucks. And I think the little ones like fourteen
2: bucks. Man, I mean, it's a lot of. Material. But it's all it's, like it's, town it's,
1: hall reports, newspaper clippings, just, newspaper, just newspaper clippings. the new, clip uh, like doesn't say anything. Catalog. does it add anything. Okay. It's just, just the, the clipping, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Just as is. So you can reported. do it yeah. however you want to do it. Like that's, that's great. what we like it. Is like, it's exactly. It's, it's not on, watered down. On, it's not. It doesn't have a previous notion established with it. Uh, of just, all kinds of different things, or depends on which book you get. Yeah. So like, monsters in print is biological creatures being seen. Okay. Oddities cool. in print is like the ones like three or four times the size of the rest of his books. Just oh, everything. giants and poltergeist and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we like
2: need that. Living clouds.
1: Oh,
0: wha- that's where you guys did. A recent episode, yeah. man, that's tough to get for my brain. I'm pretty damn open-minded. Mm-hmm. The sky creature beast
1: shit is odd. <laughs> oh, I on. don't know if I can get the behind it, bro. She definitely opened shit. my mind to it. Come uh, on, I we're mean, just talking about giants with double rows of teeth, and you can't. Bro, but bro, you can't, an atmosphere I mean, jellyfish. Well, is well we too know far. there
0: were giant people. I mean, we know be- yeah. all an- like <laughs> mammoths, rhinos. Here in the United States, we had a whole but fauna what you just that say, went extinct after the ice age. They were all quadrupeds.
1: Age. Sure. So but why would people grow that big? Distribution we of other... weight. I'm not arguing. I do believe in the giant, giants. Yes. Uh, I'm just saying you got to look at that. Is the distribution of weight is why those animals got monstrous. But what are they doing in the sky? They're floating around. They're gas flying. Filled. They're gas giants. So, yeah. Let, they're
2: me, not tell heavy. You, let okay. me tell you the things that convinced me. Because oh, there's gosh. no way I believed in this. Do you know I...
0: about this
3: subject? No.
1: Sorry. Film me off on of giants. Into... No, th- no, 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 okay. No, we can go it's back okay. to it. I'm this more is interesting. Because is... is... I could talk about this for about 18 hours. Oh, okay. can okay. you have? Let's I have.
2: What convinced me is. He told me about this NASA study they did in 2019. Oh. It was one of the latest ones. Is they searched for life up in the atmosphere, and extremophiles. Yeah, basically. True. Well, yeah. okay. What we thought were they were looking for maybe
1: to find five species, like you know, we're looking for extremophiles. Yep. And
2: yep. when they did the test, they came back with the results. They they found every clade of life of invertebrate life that living in the atmosphere. So, Justin that's can a, explain that better. That's a big. That that's
1: a big thing to say.
2: So, ex- make that. They found, in layman's first terms. First
1: off. Right off the rip, over 4,000 species. They didn't know what to do with the study because it, it wasn't prepared for it. They were like, no, we're, we're almost between four. So that ranges from, like, you know... Plant- Every biological clade of
2: life So that's fungus. not a vertebrate
1: okay. has a representative in the upper atmosphere that we just barely found out about. That's jellyfish. That's fungi. How? That's bacteria. Well, there's several ways. Think about... okay.
3: The air is kind of like the water, but just oh, a little gosh. bit less that's dense. that's the, the jellyfish. It's The jellyfish move has 40 space, just like the air. It has the
0: exact no, same, like the okay, the exact but, same but, makeup, right? It's like water in the, sea, in the air. So mm-hmm. you know in what a water, ocean in the sky.
1: Do you know what a man-of-war is? Yes. Yeah. So that's a gas-filled sack they control. Okay. Oh, wait, what? It's blowing up that, air. That bubble on its it. head? Yeah. That's actually a gas-filled sack to keep buoyant.
3: A man-of-war, the jellyfish. It's not
1: a jellyfish. Yeah, it's actually a man-of-war isn't a jellyfish? It's a cyanophore. Which is, it's a big word. I'm about to go off. It's okay. Yeah. Don't worry about Strap the big in. words.
3: My first year of college was marine biology, although I didn't go to class okay. often. So a cyanophore. <laughs> but I still remember a lot about platyhelminthes and conjecthies chondre- and osteocthies. It's,
1: <coughs> it's a group of colonial organisms all holding on together to form one body.
3: Oh, so it's like mushrooms. No. Mycelium connecting together. They're all one. Not
1: really. It's, it's, it's a very different thing. It's like a whole bunch of little animals, like us. Like if we hold at arms and try to do something. That's what a cyanophore is. So some of these cyanophores are just for digestion. All they do is they give the rest of the body gives them their food. They break it down and redistribute it. Some of them are for steering. Some of them are for gas production. Some of them are just controlling. I mean, controlling. that's
3: kind of how we built up to where we are, right?
1: Exactly, but they never got out of that stage. Uh, yeah, with And they I'm with took they never some advanced. of the craziest forms. Okay. I mean, there are things that look like sky... In the bottom of the ocean, they look like these giant sky pigs with kites with metal chains and all. It's almost impossible to describe because what you're looking at, you're like, that can't be an animal. In the water. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. The, the, so yeah.
1: how they get up there is blow-ups. And uh, any mountain range pushes all kinds of nutrients into the upper atmosphere is what they found. There's actually a lot more food, and it's a lot warmer, and there's actually liquid water that we weren't expecting. Where? In the upper atmosphere. Really? So it's a, it's a petri dish. Hmm. And it is one of the least impacted environments above the ozone layer. It's one of the least impacted environments for. So it's international not where Earth. all the pollution so is below it. It's just so below? you're talking the pollution's below. Okay, we're talking above. Above, so, so like, it's clean where it's at. What is it? It's like yeah, it has untouched. radiation, but it's life has already gotten over that. Here's but the, the thing, radiation. This is interesting. That
3: high radiation being up there too is going to amplify cellular change and. So,
1: but it can also cause a lot of cancer and stuff right. like that. But jellyfish got heard of that a long time ago.
3: They don't get cancer.
1: No, there's a mortal jellyfish. Uh, you ever heard about those guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yeah. live forever. Well, they they hit three reset button. Whenever they're too tore up or they're about to die, they become a, 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 a zygote again and become another jellyfish. They just But it's genetically the same thing.
3: So they just basically respawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Basically, I'm, hitting, I'm a baby now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Beep. said yeah. yeah. I'm a baby now. Yeah. So, but we found those guys up there, They're at least representatives of their family group. There are jellyfish in the upper atmosphere that we have documented, and that's not as in the jellyfish you're expecting to see with these big gelatinous creatures. Like the, mm, this is micro, lot. yeah, these are small animals that we found in this first study.
3: Microcryptids.
1: It happens a lot.
0: I had a
3: theory about this, like what if the Mothman is just microscopic? What if there's all kinds of microcryptids around us all right all now? All the time. Hmm. Sure.
1: Yes, so <laughs> I'd, I'd, I would believe it. Why not? So oh, it's just shit. scale and perspective. <laughs> but yeah, these these creatures are sighted all the time. They probably are gas filled. Uh, we have flame, or we have buoyancy gas that we produce. A lot of animals use buoyancy in the water. They produce gases in their system so, to create right, right. themselves to be negatively buoyant or positively buoyant. Right, fish. Yeah. The bladder so check lime. this out.
0: Our friend David Lone Bear Senapass. He's a megamah elder. And he's been putting mylar balloons way up in the Earth's atmosphere. Is something eating them? He got well. He's Jesus. Gone into so we had a interview that kind of fell apart a little wow. bit. Where we went to Maine to interview him, and it and we were going to get into uh, some things that he's been capturing with these balloons that are highly rigged out with technology. Mm-hmm. He's able. I'm not going to go into and in how this technology is created or anything like that, but. Basically, he's capturing a lot of different things uh, flying around up there mm-hmm. and and things that also that I don't think he ever expected to find. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, Start like, are, are some of these places. moving things because so he he's going up. Th- this NASA scientist did not believe that he was actually doing this. He's like, there's no way you're putting up these balloons how, that high. You in, know how high they he's going? going just subspace. So it's like seventy-five thousand feet. Yeah, I, so I above believe. the mesosphere. So he was just above the mesosphere. Yeah, and he's seeing like traffic, like organized traffic of things moving around. Yeah, they're there. jellyfish.
2: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh man.
0: So he. Wow.
2: I want. Uh, so, so you know why you don't see them? That's the thing that people. I was
1: going to say that. <laughs>
0: dude, you know why people don't see them? Dude, you just this, like this has
2: smacked my brain. This is the other thing that convinced me. There's traffic me. up there. Yeah, it's jellyfish. Yeah, it's jellyfish. <laughs> I was not
0: expecting you to say so that. You know, almost
1: all air traffic is below ten thousand. or the, sure. The, sure. The, the ten miles. Right, right. You know, you, the human eye, unabated, can only see ten miles. You cannot see. Right now, if, let's say it's perfectly crystal clear outside, bright sunny day. You cannot see into the next layer of the atmosphere. Really. You can't. It, you, our our, techno, our biological systems in our eyes just don't allow. Them. Other animals, sure, some of them can, some of them can't. Okay. We just can't. Yeah. Now make that creature slightly translucent. Sure. Right. Yeah, you're not seeing. Nothing. There's no reflective. There could be material. thousands of them. There's
0: no skin, right? So like, yeah. if you're Even pointing if an
1: infrared at it, well, some, or, some some are really metallic. Some could be. And, and they like, could so be they mistaken like for... Some of them lick ships? you. Yes. Could be. Lick
2: you. Yeah, the, the pink fog <laughs> and then
1: the dog tongue of Ireland and stuff like that. And have really This big living that. cloud that they tell you if you encounter it, you've got to lay down flat.
0: So is it one of these things that these other organisms link up to create this and that could cloud? Be. It could be okay. a cyanophore or it could be
1: yeah. more like a big amoeba.
3: I never thought I would have such Dude. a strange theory presented. <laughs> that That's why, why we're doing rational, this. That's why we do this and show. It also gave me pause of like... How didn't we think of that before
1: there's we've done i've done this is the problem with thinking we have
3: everything settled and we so have you everything got understood real into and this recently
0: like mm-hmm. this you went down a rabbit hole like I subscribed to the other. yeah well, so we, we have we several too. surprises coming me out too. later
1: this year with this topic with nothing so that's why i kind of dance around it because we have a lot of big yeah i don't want to spoil back i don't want to spoil no, for no this problem. project
3: No problem. Because
1: I've I've done probably 200 hours in research, if not more, (laughs) just on this.
3: That's great. I want to know when this happens because I want to watch this. Oh, we'll be coming in. That's for
1: sure. You
0: got me. Because, you know, I see the – like, we talked a little bit at CryptidCon because you guys
1: were like – Oh, when I was drunk screaming, they're all mushrooms? (laughs) 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 Point at people.
0: And and then, you know, I listened to – I didn't get a chance to finish the episode that you guys did on on the – Like sky creatures. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the part I just like, man, it's tough for me to. I'm really open minded. I mean,
1: it makes more biological sense. But when you start breaking that down,
0: that's what I mean. Like the actual biological. So probability,
2: a, okay. right, there you go, good word for That
0: it. something could exist because, I mean, in school, we we learned about extremophiles living in ocean floor vents mm-hmm. that are like basically on. In there the, are creatures in the, on
1: this planet that live in 2,000 degrees and eat sulfur. And
0: they eat nitrogen and sulfur and yeah. weird yeah. shit. And you're going to tell gas. me a big
1: balloon creature can't exist? So, again, but, you said okay, they but got up
3: there from the mountains. Planes so be hitting
0: the, these things all the time. No, like, we, as we don't have any traffic up but there. But they're not going that far. So they're oh, just the way, way up slime. there. They're just way, way up What about the NASA
3: greens? No, okay, hold on, hold on. There's a lot too happening. much going on. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I need to Sorry. know about how they got to that level. How <laughs> did they, how okay. did they <laughs> get up
1: there? Basically, <laughs> down. Earth's always pushing stuff up above the ozone layer. So how? we're talking about the strata So we live in the troposphere. That's our level. That's our atmosphere that we're dealing with. It's pretty much homogenous from where we are to 10 miles up. Okay. So it's kind of... Each layer of the atmosphere almost has an actual hard line. It's not like what we're seeing. you ever seen like, when ocean currents meet and like one's green, one's blue? it's, it's kind of like those thermometers that uh, have the different layers in them you yeah know what I'm talking about. So yeah, they don't mix, they don't want to mix. they're very different medias. I
3: know what you're talking about. I have two of them at home. there Gal- you go. got yeah
1: Now you got a visual yeah okay. So we are constantly the Earth's surface is constantly upwelling stuff up there. Uh, mountain ranges, they found out in the Rockies, is constantly pushing surface-bound nutrients into the stratosphere and into the mesosphere. Through? Just wind currents. Okay. Because you basically have this big pile of wind. You're up tall Taking enough, all this stuff. Swooping and It and hits the mountain and then shoots up. Gotcha. Mm. So, so it's it, like an
3: escalator up to the... <clears throat> the different layers literally meso- have said that it's an escalator yeah
1: that the and then some of these organic ufos that get caught down here they seem to be not doing very well yeah i mean you don't want to be stories down of here.
0: biological ships where they're yeah. conscious spacecraft mm-hmm. yeah where they're actually like have so, organs yes. and and flesh so i think these are part bone. of our
1: biosphere okay these are members of our of our biosphere so the biosphere is the family tree so even though we're vastly different on the ends of the branches from everybody else, we're still attached at the roots. Yeah. So these are still members of our biosphere. I sure. mean we are just a different odd Fungus. Branch.
0: We come from fungus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Animals
1: came from fungi. Yes. Not the other way around. Fungi are an ancient. Very, fungi. very. Probably came from asteroids and meteors. Mm-hmm.
0: Like psychedelic mushrooms, like the tales of the ancient people mm-hmm. of of like essentially like mushrooms gave us religion, gave us consciousness allowed us to want to expand our worldview be self-aware you know, the, maybe the stoned ape theory yeah, you know, yeah. terence McKenna. mckenna yeah uh so, is, so you know we have this biological relationship with fungus in terms of mycelium networks oh, wearing it. uh what you got or organic oh. ufo oh sweatshirt that's what that is okay. everybody
1: hates cows is where the episode's from <laughs> <laughs> everybody hates cows that's awesome but,
0: I love your guys' shirts, by the way. Oh, thank I you. I wear mine.
1: Hi, Pear. They're so comfortable. Oh, yeah. And the guy in Sweden does all of our art for us. He's awesome. His name's Pear. He's actually starting to work on some audio stuff for us. Okay. Oh, we're keeping him heavily employed. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Cool dude. We, we run a town in Sweden now. <laughs> <laughs> you got a whole town working for you. Yeah, so we have a radio Dude, ad out there awesome. in Sweden going. Yeah, on. we did have a radio ad in Sweden. It's How still going on. That's that that cool. awesome. We have a <laughs> so radio ad weird. running around somewhere in Sweden. That's awesome. <laughs> but with these creatures, and this is what we like to say is about five percent of UFO sightings. Right. Uh, it's not your nuts and bolts. It's not. It's a very. It's a very small. Well,
0: you do see these like translucent. Oh yeah, balls. The of energy rays no, in, the... in cloud almost mm-hmm. where people are saying they're a ufo sighting yeah when it really it's like almost like plasma we've mm-hmm. had
1: 200 people see a cloud throw up a bunch of bones wait 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 we wait. didn't personally we didn't we have the story
2: the story okay. there's a story where's that come from out? this book I don't, yeah yes. it's from benedict's book Damn, time period 1879 late, yeah late 1800s
1: what and this giant black cloud was hovering over this town like and everybody was looking at because it, it was weird because there's no storms I'm like this is super weird and then proceeded to throw up a whole bunch of gar bones and gar scales, so gar heavily armored fish. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. scales giant, are like diamonds. Huge fish, Fresh So winter. they have all. It just it's called threw up a whole bunch of bones and then left. And they're like, well, that was like it freaked everybody. It <laughs> well, that it was way, weird. It made it from Louisiana all the way to New York. Hmm. So we went back and researched. At this time, there was a drought, and thousands of gar were dying in the drought. So that reeked. Uh, I think these are, some of these creatures are scavengers. So I think it filled itself up with as much as rotting food as it could right, take. Right, right, right. Digested what it could and threw up the crap it couldn't eat. That's just so – We have so many owl animals that do that. Owls threw up, Owl pellets. Yeah, they, yeah. they swallow everything. So you everything, think they, yeah. they come they down the part they don't yeah. want.
0: into our world, into our space as well? Some of these
1: well, groups okay. do. And we have it categorized in about six different types. Because, uh, yeah, I'm a biologist. Is what I did. <laughs> so so you being a
0: logical guy, like you've dug deep enough Oh, this makes perfect to where, sense. you know, like DA for example, talking to him, you know, he's a former cop. Got into the uh North American Dogman project from mm. just you know, he, he not a cop anymore, but took all those research skills to go out into the field to search for Bigfoot and grew up on a uh his uncle's farm in Missouri where his uncle's like, Listen, these things are real. Yeah. And you need to stay out of this area of the farm. Yeah. Because this, it's no joke. Right. You know, warning him when he's a kid. But then, you know, DA having that background, like you said, being a biologist, where he's got a different sense of... Uh, being able, like he, he has a very logical mind. Like he's not just some weird dude running around in the woods. No, no, he's very on point. You've been very a measured way to think about things too. Mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. well researched. Yeah. You know, like 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 you are as well, Justin. But uh, you know, you you strike me as a logical person. And but when you dig into something enough, and and it's the information's there, it's hard to turn away from. And your logical brain's going, no, dude, this can't be real. But then you look further. So that's mm-hmm. how giants and all this yeah. weird shit. My mm-hmm. logical for brain me literally we were I was like, "What? No, there's our, no way." Betty and Barney yeah.
1: Hill was the first one for me that made it all connect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Betty and Barney Hill adduction, yep. that they were mushrooms, or some of them are fungi based. Yeah, some of these creatures we're seeing are actually atmospheric fungus.
3: Why do you say that about Betty, Betty and Barney Hill?
1: Well, their their uh, recounts when they were
0: hypnotized.
1: They and said said what they, they were seeing, Well, what we went well off of was the men in black questioning immediately mm-hmm, after. Mm-hmm. In the '60s and '70s, they were asking if you were missing any nitrates, and Barney Hill was like, "Well, what the hell's a nitrate?" Right?" And he's like, well, fertilizer, processed meat, stuff like that." And he's like, "I did. I had 400 pounds of fertilizer in the trunk." And he's like, "Well, do you still have it?" No, it's gone." And then they stopped the questioning. They wouldn't go back to the questioning. There was a hot dog vendor or hot dog truck guy that did like m- he was missing like 10,000 pounds of hot dogs stop
3: this is all so okay there's a little segue that's gonna roll back into this in a weird way stranger things I just rewatched it again I've seen it in the last season sorry if I'm spoiling it for anybody that hasn't watched it, I don't care I do care <laughs> <laughs> but the the season the last season is everybody's eating this fertilizer
1: See, I haven't watched. I've seen this. That. Oh yeah,
3: but it's a hive mind of all these. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, a fungus, probably. And they're they're getting right, but, the and they're but they're eating they're this trying I've to transform. Never, I've never heard that in my life Tremors. Of hundreds saying,
0: of Men in Black. Tremors three questionings. That's part of the storyline in Tremors three Ooh, when I've they never actually seen Tremors three when they change into the butt blasters. Like <laughs> I've watched every Tremors movie ever. Yeah, does. I've and seen one and like, two. There's twelve of
2: them. Oh, I did not know that. A hundred percent. The last How? one was the. Uh, they get worse and worse as Island, Shrieker Island, Shrieker Island. That's the uh, third one. Is, is, is Kevin Bacon right? any any more than
0: oh, one and two? No, he's God. only Ke- in no one. But, but so the other funny. dude is one of the main characters Okay, uh, yeah. uh, the dude with all the guns, with yeah, McEntire, uh, He's in every. the Dale Gribble guy. Dale Gribble. Yeah, it becomes his
1: series. It does. It, it, it so f- becomes
0: this here. But those creatures, to change into from, so like in Tremors 2, they turn into the snakes, into the little, they branch off, and they, the one big worm makes mm-hmm. the three uh, other, uh, they make three more of these smaller ones mm-hmm. that are like all infra. They see in infrared, kind right. of like the predator. But then in the third one, or Shrieker Island, they, they uh, eat, fertilizer
1: and they eat like engine parts and shit like that. Cause it's not food to you, but it's food to something else. Right. We have creatures right now that eat steel and titanium. Yeah. Uh, they love it. They have yeah. a, dig- a digestive system. They can break that down in for organic nutrients. Yeah. So food, odd food sources can really point into a branch in the family tree. Right. So with nitrogen and uh, any of the, any, any nitrates, fertilizer, hot dogs. Like I, I use that guy cause he got abducted and he came back and all the hot dogs in his whole semi were gone. And he's like, well, what the hell? They were talking to me, telling me I was special. They just took the hot dogs.
2: <laughs> uh, got <laughs> robbed. <laughs> told me well, I was this special. Happened. The hot
1: dog cart got interstellar robbed. <laughs> the <'60s, laughs> the Dude, 70s that's and a little bad. bit. The a 80s.
0: lot of night nice counts I've never heard shit. anything
3: about that before. That's re- really strange.
2: But I mean it makes sense. It wasn't just them, it was that whole time period they were asking that question. Yeah, the
1: t- 60s, the 70s, and the 80s all the men in black that were coming back and questioning abductees, that was always on their wat- roster the question. Question, yeah. not, most of questions. Most time it didn't come back to it, but a couple of these cases, it's like, well, yeah, I did, but I don't know what happened to it.
3: Again, another segue, men in black, the movie. Mm-hmm. You know any bugs that come down and crave sugar water?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come mm-hmm. down and crave fertilizer. But,
3: There's you know, all these parallels all the time. I always think it's being kind of thrown in our face. A
0: really oh, oh, good example. Oh, they tell you what's happening yeah. before oh, yeah. it happens. Mm-hmm. They have to. It's yeah. like part of that... Uh, it's part of the game it's it's part of that karmatic wheel mm-hmm. like the people in the know use know hollywood and movies for sure to essentially tell us things through the movies that way it doesn't karmatically affect them yeah, they're, not they, sharing we, it we to the it world we mm-hmm. put it out there they put it out there and tell you know it's it's uh, there's like 10% of fact mixed in with the, with fiction mm-hmm. but that 10% is what protects them from their carbatic wheel turning on them. Hmm. So, you know, you, you, it's, but the first, I mean, that makes sense. So how about this? A hundred percent, man, I'm starting to be a believer, wow. <laughs> starting to believe it's, <laughs> it's not, DA got me believing in, in dog, man, because I'm just like, I know, grew up, heard about the Michigan dog, man, mm-hmm. probably when I was a teenager. Yeah. So. We got the internet when I was in like fifth grade. So I'm 40. I'm a little bit older. We're a little bit older than you guys. So I didn't grow up with the internet. Ooh, the dial up. But it was. And I had a Windows 3.2, Windows 3.1 operating system. And, uh, you know, early on, you could find stuff about Mothman. Like, even before the movie came out, I was online looking into this sites. stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You go to chat rooms, uh, kind of like Reddit, but not as specific for topics. But right. you could go into rooms and, and talk about this stuff. And, uh, you know, there's just no access. You know, you had Unsolved Mysteries might talk about a Bigfoot encounter. You might have, you know, it comes to like what's on TV. There was just mm-hmm. not that beyond belief, factor, fiction, fiction, uh, Unsolved Mysteries. So, you know, you start to hear all the historical stuff early on with the Internet with, you know, what happened in Point Pleasant. And and start to realize, like, holy shit, like there's a lot of stuff in in our own backyard. Oh, yeah. Ohio. I have a theory about this. I really believe that there's so many actors, very talented people, artists, people that go on to start really successful businesses that grow up in Ohio. And I think it has something to do and why there's so many cryptids and weird stories and paranormal shit. You know, what I mean, like Athens is the most haunted place in America, essentially, oh yeah, uh, it's horrible and it's ridiculous. Stoner went to college there, you know. There, well, the, Stoner, I was in Nelsonville. Yeah, yeah, but Had you know, Athens Walmart. But this area, the River Valleys, has been a hub for paranormal activity, Native American legends, giants, the earthworks, mm-hmm. and the geometric nature and the astronomical encoding. That's happening with all that. There was 10,000 of these at one point in Ohio. Oh, yeah. So
1: when we talked talk on the phone it, how many it, were destroyed it, in a couple of years.
0: Yes. And four 4,000 destroyed in three essentially years. Essentially from like 1901 to 1904. Yeah, something stupid.
1: Just systematically, systematically
0: destroyed it, as towns were expanding. It was all about manifest destiny. Once John Wesley Powell took over. The giants, all that stuff went away, and it was just... Or boxed up and sent and the And a lot of those guys were eugenics. They were snorting those
1: bones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a meme about that. Uh, Andy, <laughs> snorting those bones. Andy Arugula sent us that, because <laughs> like, we talked about it in our Smithsonian episode. We were like, what are they doing with them? Oh, they're snorting them.
2: And grind them up and snort snorting them up. in the back room. Yeah. I'm
1: getting yayed up. <laughs> yeah. I <Yeah. laughs> you know. Smithsonian's the worst place. Yeah, yeah and
3: <laughs> it, it doesn't ever bode well for it. Well, no, if
1: you, your, you hear that, if you see that involved with any of your... Monsters or historical sites, you're like, Oh, well, there goes that. Yeah, basically, yeah, you know what they're doing with NAGPRA.
3: Yeah, what do you mean?
1: What well, with the okay, I know NAGPRA the repa- is the but...
0: repatriation of bones. Well, yeah, you know what they're doing
1: with them, artifacts. Yeah.
0: Right now, they're sending them back to uh, tribes, so that's what they were supposed
1: to be doing. That's not what they're doing with what them. What are they doing with them? They've taken, they're s- keeping them. <laughs> no they're taking they've taken and, for this this specific section of NACPR, anybody that don't know, because I know this is going on our feed too yep, North but, American r- Repatriation. Yeah, it's I can never remember. Grave that. repatriation. Grave Act. And, grave and artifact. artifact. Yeah. Grave and artifact. But basically it's only supposed to be if a tribe member or that tribe first off, still has to exist. Yep. And they have to ask or want the stuff back. Right. They're not supposed to go in and take it. Unless somebody's like, oh no. So it's made for if like Let's say we were a Native American and we come in and we see something from our tribe in this area. Like, okay, we want that back. And they have to give it back, or they have to work out a deal. Like, yeah, we'll put it was donated by X tribe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they work it out where maybe six months it's in the museum, six months it's back home. Whatever. That kind of stuff. Then they that's the most like ten percent of the law that's the artifacts that get used in this law go into that. With NAGPRA, what was it? Two thousand and what we looked at. Two thousand and one. Since two thousand and one I think it was when we did that episode they have taken back 700,000 objects and over 100,000 remains. They don't have a tribe and nobody's asking for them. So they went through all these small little museums, right, and take took everything. Yeah. And guess what they're doing with them? What? They're burying them in a hole. Mm. They're reburying and them undisclosed on an location. An undisclosed See, location. I would
0: love to I'm going to ask Jeff about. We have Jeff Wilson coming in on yeah. Friday. I I'd, I'd like to See, uh, Because we've talked about that a few times just in private. But, you know, it kind of goes into, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that's that Ohio History Connection and the Smithsonian. mm -hmm. These kind of high level organizations and then more on a macro level, Ohio History Connection. I mean, they've been running these sites, Serpent Mound, since the 1900s. And it's still a mystery. Mm -hmm. What is the hold up? Right. Is it a mystery? How do we not know? What is going Put a on? A borehole
1: coring system down there. It's a half an inch wide. Yeah, we will know when the bottom of it was built and who built it. Right, and and it and there's layers. The site. It don't mess with the site underneath. You will know the, that whole system of Serpent's Mound. Who was started it? Who then? And then who then? And then who then? And but then doesn't then. that always seem
3: kind of funny? We're like, no, we, we, with we don't need to know. No, no, we already like, know. Yeah,
1: yeah, we already know. Okay. We know that there's this chieftain is buried two mm-hmm. foot down in Serpent's Mound, and we got it. But yeah. We did that NAGPRA just for a Patreon episode, and that was a lot of research because it was crazy. And they was not even I'd hiding say, it. I'd say I know
3: very little about it. We just found it out when we were they looking into the even Smithsonian. They were hiding it. And, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: They're saying, they've, well, we've taken 300 objects back and given them to X-Tribe and this tribe. And, but we've taken 700 artifacts and 113,000 remains and with no tribe to claim them. And I'm like, whoa, 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 because it says that right in the article, or right in their, in their, basically their post about it. I'm like, well, it says right in the beginning that you only take it when people want it back. So they have no tribe to go back to. So these tribes are extinct. And then they just bury him in a hole. Out in some no-name place. And this is when, I think it was 2001. I can't remember. Uh, I drank too much. <laughs> but this is right when NAGPRA, not NAGPRA, the Smithsonian, was getting a lot of heat for taking stuff. Okay. Uh, they were bullying smaller museums. It was getting public, though. Uh, it was just becoming a lot more public. NAGPRA was passed, like, two months after that. And it had been in the weeds forever. Yeah. And they're finally like, okay, we can use this.
3: Yeah. So we put it out. Get our agenda done.
1: Yeah, and then they put some... And it worked. It actually works super well for the Native American tribes that want to get their items back. They've sure. To, they've had the scene in a museum... Sure. ...for their whole lives so that they can't do anything about. Right. That's great for it. It's what the Smithsonian's doing with the law. Right, it's got a double mm-hmm. edge to yeah. it.
3: Mm-hmm. It's got a backdoor building. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And it's just... It's crazy.
3: Yeah, when we researched that episode, I mean, it was... You know, farmer or so and so or construction crew, etc. They dug up at x amount of mounds and found 10, 12 foot tall, whatever. And then the Smithsonian Museum came by and every
2: article at the end
3: grabbed them and the
2: monsters. How many
1: monsters? It. How many monsters have we done? We're at the end of the story, and they called the Smithsonian
3: for monsters. Yes, give me an example, please. So, actually, I, cause I don't, I'm not aware. South of South
1: America, one of our atmospheric creatures. Uh, they uh, a bunch of miners had a giant manorite, so we are manorite type that we go over sure uh flying overhead they shot it to death they just kept shooting it till it died and then it crashed and like huh what do we do with this uh well let's call the Smithsonian. this is in south america and they came and got it and only left them with a piece of the thing yeah and it rotted i mean it rotted pretty quick yeah they took like a 20 by like a 20 foot wide like a 30 40 foot long creature they came to grab it without any question and left uh, Stanley Gaster, the Stanley Gaster got involved, that creature we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, the Smithsonian got involved. The carcass that, the was carcass the that, the Spiso- carcass I cannot, I like, S- supposedly. supposedly, thank you, uh, was from that creature, the Smithsonian taught. The, do you know about the short-faced bear, the famous short-faced bear from the 50s? Yeah. Okay, do you know why that's important? The snub-nosed bear? The, no, why, it was a Smithsonian. So this guy out in the 50s or 60s was a big game hunter. He'd go up and uh, just anywhere in like Canada, and go. Up. he'd basically fly in a biplane, a puddle jumper. He'd land in a lake and go hunt that area. He shot a colossal, what he thought was the weirdest, ugliest grizzly bear. And he's like, well, this isn't, he's like, but he kept feeling like this is not normal. So he took the meat, he took the hide, and he took the skull. Because he had to get back on his plane and leave. And he's like, well, what... Or, I don't know. This de- he's like this is no grizzly bear, but I don't know what it is. Right. Uh, I think his account was thirty five hundred pounds. It's a big bear. It was a little bigger than a big polar bear, like a monster polar bear. Thirty five hundred is so that sizable bear? It's a small hippo. It's a bear. Uh, so yeah, well, a lot more of an attitude. So he goes to Smithsonian, and there's like it was a little different in the old. I think this was in the fifties or the sixties.
2: I can't remember. I can't. But anyways,
1: decade. They do an a, a intake form, and the whole thing is they're going to get, he's going to get the skull back. They're in it. They have biologists that just work for them, the ID species for other collections, uh, because they have the ultimate – that's the whole point. That is the original point of the biological collection there. And so let's say you think you discovered a new species of parrot. Right. They're going to go through their whole collection of that species and make sure it's not a color variance or something weird. Right. Okay. It's kind of not as important anymore with now with our genetics – we can kind of, we can look at the genes and tell if it's a different species or not. Right. But in the old days, it was really important because it's like, oh no, that just happens to be what the cockatoo's look like in Southeast Australia. That's just what they look like. You just right. happen to found it a little further out of its range. Right. So it's not a new animal. It's just a little, a little out of home. Yeah. So with the short-faced bear skull, or that's what I'm calling it, they took the measurements. He had the intake form. He's supposed to get it back in three weeks. And so he has this paper, this guy gave him, that has all the measurements and what the Smithsonian got. Basically like your laundry tag. So you can come back and you can get right, your item. Right. And three weeks go by, and he calls and nothing, calls and nothing, calls and nothing. Well, finally he like months go by. And he goes there and he's like, I got my form. Where's my skull? And they're like, It's actually on loan at another museum.
4: Hmm.
1: And he's like, What the hell? It's not it's not yours. So he goes to that museum, like, we don't have it. And then he gets the runaround forever. Finally, they give him a skull back. It's not his. It's a classic grizzly bear skull that's like a quarter of the size. But he has the intake form with the measurements of the original right, skull. Right, And he's like, what the hell? And the only reason this got any stink is because he had some money. Uh, he was he was not a poor man. Right, so, so he had, had resources. Yeah, but you know you cannot legally sue the Smithsonian. Right, because they're sheltered because... It has a, to be approved by Congress. And
0: they're across seas. Like, yeah. they're actually technically... There's a
3: Congress bill started by a guy from across the. Yeah, these.
1: there's a Congress bill that does not allow you to sue for anything in the Smithsonian's collection without Congress approval.
3: I, yeah, yeah, they're very powerful. That doesn't smell
2: fishy. It's
1: a super powerful organization, <laughs> and the board that oh, makes gosh. up. Oh gosh, we did a whole episode on just the board of directors of the Smithsonian. Oh boy, The mm-hmm. billionaires, Bill Gates' friends. Yes, yes. Uh, people, it's... there's only one guy. There's only one guy that's supposed to be on the board, and he's the best. What was? It, is the art guy? Um, art he collector. was. Out. He was the best art appraiser. Art
2: appraiser, yes.
1: Yeah. So
3: the Smithsonian could be maybe say the front-running office for the Men in Black.
1: Yeah, it's basically if you have something, they can come in and take whatever they want. If they, it, you know, was it? I they it stole that, it get, they, they seem I mean, like they get called similar, out to yeah. strange
3: encounters, S- yes. sightings, happenings. They became the
1: leading biological entity on a purpose or historical entity or right. whatever because they're everything. They're right. the ultimate museum. And mm-hmm. you know, we talked about it. There's two Smithsonian's. There's the front of house. Yep. The normal museum. Right, right. It has right. no idea what's going on behind the curtain. Sure, right. Some of them know there's something back there, but they know they don't ask. Then you have the Black Ops yes. Smithsonian. the real Smithsonian. Yes. The monster behind that red curtain. Yep. There's something back there. 100%. Because like, like, when you go to Smithsonian, it's just a museum. The yep. buildings are just a museum. Right. There's nothing there. It's like, not- like, The
0: vault in Indiana Jones. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. That's the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. That's the Smithsonian. That's the real one. With all the crates piled up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, dude, Ohio History Connection is- I feel like all these- Sub organizations are all based off of what the Smithsonian did first. Mm-hmm. So you know the Ohio history connection; they control everything. Oh, yeah, the babies. So they yeah. control everything in Ohio when yeah. it comes to wanting to dig or have an archaeologist. Uh, you know somebody like Emily Aldrich from the Portsmouth Museum or uh, the Southern Ohio Museum. Wanting to do work on the Portsmouth uh, Portsmouth earthwork, which there's only a small portion of that left, and you know to be able to just to fly a drone to do a, a lidar, to do magnetometer, uh, you know to do any type of research, you got to drop jump through so many hoops and especially you know she's trying to write a book and do and do presentations and try to get information mm-hmm. to let people know about these and and she's just running into walls walls after walls and you have and, and she's not like an independent crazy you know some kind of side researcher that's just out there trying to sell a book you know she's one of the directors of the Southern uh, Ohio museum. Mm -hmm. So it's such a control. They have so much point and, and and to to, to now, I mean, back in the day we used to go to serpent mound when the first time we interviewed Jeff, uh, we knew the park ranger there that Ark of Appalachia when they used to run it before, like Ohio history connection took it over, took it over Hmm. a few years back where they banned all ceremonies. If you're not a part of, like what they say can happen or, or the Shawnee from Oklahoma. They basically banned um, friends of the Serpent Mound doing their winter uh, solstice. They light the whole serpent and put candles around it during the winter solstice. Not allowed to do that anymore. Hmm. Our friends from Serpent Mound Star Knowledge Group, Terry and Tom, they bring elders from all over the world. They've had people from Australia, African uh tribe elders all over the place to come and see serpent mound and to do ceremony with different cultures from all, not allowed to do that anymore. Hmm. They're not allowed to. And these guys are the ones that have been preserving these places Mm -hmm. in all actuality. A lot of the early fundraising of serpent mound, Jeff Wilson and and his wife, Delcy and Terry and Tom and all these people. And now they're just shunned. Wow. They're just not allowed to connect. And if you're not part of the in group and it's not approved, like Graham Hancock's ancient apocalypse show where he's literally in front of the camera and they're closing the gates behind him. Yeah. He was approved to go and go and research and shoot and film and everything. And Jeff was there. Uh, You know, he had told us about this last summer before months before it aired and said, man, it's not going to be a good look. It's not no. going to be a good look for you, you Ohio. Look so yeah. evil. Ohio history connection. Right. I mean, and they ended up blurting out the sign. Uh, he read the email in the episode. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. great, and, and it was blurred out, so it, it, was like, it looks like Serpent Mound itself is told the one him to F off, right? But it wasn't Serpent Mound, right? But it, it's it's unfortunately Hiding behind that. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah. So,
1: from what I used to do with work, I did a lot of endangered species survey and stuff. The worst thing you can do is find an endangered species. Really, that's not the point. They don't want you to find them. So I worked for a third-party mm. company that would be hired to do stuff, and we were not supposed to find stuff. Some of, and, But we were third-party. We didn't care. We were trying to find these things. Uh, so they would make the, our, our practice procedures, because they dictated what we could do, just like this, and they would make it so it was impossible to find the species we were looking for. Yeah. Like we would like, so I, I can't name the survey or anything like that, but eels, we were looking for eels in a state. Their eels are supposedly about to come back, but if they're back, they have to remove every dam. We're talking billions of dollars, hmm. billions. So this is With why people don't want to find them. Yes, because when they find so... them, they get protection. Mm-hmm. When they get protection, right? If you can build your wins, highway. You 100%. can't destroy the wetlands. Extinct you animals can't... have no rights. Are right. extirpated. So extirpate means locally extinct. Uh, so extinct animals have no rights. But if they come back, then they have rights. So they made us do. So eels are nocturnal, bottom-dwelling fish. Yeah, they made us go out during the day, and they made us run nets for them. We weren't catching no eels, and we had we interviewed fishermen and stuff like that. They're like, yeah, we catch them all the time, but we weren't allowed to go. Like, we did our normal survey. If we were like purposely looking for a species, we could have found. Wild. Them. So they do it everywhere. It's all for the, our end. It was more about the money. Do they
0: really want to find new information about these sites? No. That's what I'm. Re- no. And dude, they tell you. Do something tell about you the that's the that. whole thing. The Monopoly Board has been point- set. <clears throat> Nobody I've wants to clear them- the pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of these organizations, yeah. the benefit of the doubt Mm-mm. of, okay, it can't no. be that bad. Yeah, it is. It really can't. Like, is there really some just like evil cabal that's maybe not? A lot of it is just. It's It's. The fact that, like, well, early on, these organizations just weren't set up. But, like, you've had a hundred years, you've had over a hundred right. years. <clears throat> to have these processes in place where you have archaeologists back in the day that would just dug up Serpent Mound, pushed all the dirt back, reformed it as best. It's a recreation of what you see. Yeah, Yeah. A lot of earthworks are recreations because some one, and most of them were like dudes out of college that are just down there having a frat party. Let's dig it up. Let's see what's down there. Like Putnam. I mean, you know, all the Serpent Mound artifacts are in Harvard Hmm. or in the Peabody Museum. Oh, and a, that's where they our, don't exist. Our friend Jeff Wilson had to get uh, jumped through so many hoops and he went through the whole Serpent Mound artifact collection in the Peabody Museum, and that's where he found that skeleton, uh this postcard of a skeleton. Um, and and through digging through all these things, actually I don't know if he found that in the Peabody. Jeff's probably watching, like, you're screwing up my story. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, finding this uh, this postcard, we have a video about it on our YouTube page. But essentially, like there was an artifact that was in the photo. So he figured out how big the skeleton was by measuring. So he had to find that artifact
1: artifact at the
0: Peabody Museum or wherever he was digging. So then he could take that and scale it. And then figure out how large that skeleton was. Did he find it? And it, well, the caption in the postcard, yes, he did. Mm. And the pe- caption in the postcard said, "Giant skeleton found at Serpent Mound." Mm. So that's what kind of piqued his interest. The crazy but, part was, it didn't even that, have
3: its lower legs. Yeah, so oh, it would have been a lot that ball bigger. Just,
0: uh, but that was just used in, in, femur, uh, in uh, uh, Ross yeah. Hamilton's book. Ross Hamilton's kind of the OG of all giant research. Um, you know, lives down in uh, Mason. We've interviewed wow. him. But he's like, he's the one that inspired a lot of um, like the Jim Vieira and Hugh Newman's. When Jim Vieira and Hugh Newman wrote their book, they went straight to Ross Hamilton mm-hmm. right here in Ohio. Like Ross is the OG. And, and you know, Jeff and him have worked together and, and, and shared because Jeff's a, more of like your straight up scientist. Reese used to work for NASA doing surveys um, Never a straight answer. He was one of the first people that did uh, uh, lidar scanning and scanning at Serpent Mound um, for you know different government agencies in Ohio. So, you know, legit dude has a lot and and you know as legit you meet him you're just like this isn't some crazy maniac dude that's trying to get in the news. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to create these salacious stories. What is the fucking problem? Mm-hmm. Why are you giving these people so much shit? He's legit. He's like mm-hmm. he been shot. I mean, he lives right next to it. I mean, that he hasn't got depressed. I mean, he just keeps, I think, I don't know. That he, happens he, to a lot of them. But he lives right next to Serpent Mountain, and that's what keeps him going, dude. Yeah. that's he, He's living by that. this beacon of energy. Yeah. that's you're soaking in this consciousness shifting. I mean, the first time I went there, it literally shifted my mindset mm-hmm. shifted my consciousness to...
1: got a question for you. Yes. What do you think about the gravitational anomalies and the magnetic anomalies there?
0: It's because of the impact crater. We have a tour that we uh, have a DVD and video coming out real soon. That's It's awesome. going to be for sale in the um, rock shop just outside in, in uh, Locust Grove. Fake Ops. Uh, the House of Fake Ops. Our friend Tom and Terry hmm. have a little rock shop, and then he's got the largest uh, trilobite collection that used to be on lease to the Smithsonian when it was off lease, now it's sitting in the little rock shop nice. seven miles from Serpent Mound. My Go say hi to Tom. He'll I have tell you a whole you. bunch of trilobites. <clears throat> Dude, Tom would yeah, be I've been just collecting for a, he's hour, hour. An, for a while. When I say he's a trilobite expert, I'm sure he is. He's legit, bro. Yeah. And NASA came to him when they were trying to find the Breccia from the Serpent Mound impact crater. NASA knew that from their, their scans, that that impact crater was there. So when those they showed up in the area, the first person they ran into and talked to was Tom. Tom's like, I know exactly where the breccia is. Come follow me. He showed the NASA scientists right where all that was and showed us. We, he took us on a whole – he gives tours. You guys should go and just, gonna. and just take a tour with Tom. He'll literally get – you drive him around – and, but we shot the whole thing and then interviewed him, and then caught, Stoner did a beautiful 20-minute piece with interviews being cut with the tour. We It's called the Serpent Mount Impact Crater Tour. So mm. it'll be available on our YouTube channel, but then also for sale as a DVD. We designed the cover. Went, we'd never done a DVD before.
1: Make sure you uh, let us know when that comes out. We'll promote it.
0: But yeah, we it was a part of a live stream that we did with Ross Hamilton. We created the piece with Tom, and then I interviewed another person. It was a cool little ticketed event we did for the winter solstice in 2020 mm. for uh Serpent Mound Star Knowledge is a group that Tom and Terry have been basically fostering for years bringing all these different elders into the area to pray and do ceremony um you know on they do a spring equinox ceremony they do summer solstice stuff um, but they've been in the area for so long. Mm-hmm. And Jeff lives right down the road from Tom and Terry. Yeah. So like all the, we kind of slowly started getting in with some of these groups. And, and now what's happening to them is just a shame because they are real stewards oh, of this place. Acts. And it's really sad to oh, yeah. see. Now that it's got popularity because, and and they, and oh, we've yeah, been And we've been called racist. We've been called cultural appropriateness. For doing informational, like interviewing Ross Hamilton, him talking about apparently because we're white or, you know, I have some Native American blood from my father. He's from Mexico originally. So more like, you know, New Mexico, Arizona, Mm -hmm. northern Mexico. Um, But, you know, they see us and, and then we got written up as being cultural appropriates for just talking about astronomical alignments and really cool information that Ross has been writing about forever mm-hmm. living just in Mason, Ohio and, 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 Ross and Terry and Tom and Jeff and, and the friends of the serpent mound and, and Delcy and all of them. Uh, when I say they've raised money, they've put in sweat, blood, and tears. They have volunteered. And now this new ownership, Ohio history Connections already owned it, but it's the structure yeah. that's being put in place. For world heritage site so they're trying to get unesco world heritage site mm. status for newark earthworks basically all the hope the five hopewell sites yeah which ohio history connection has their new like exhibit it's kind of whack mm-hmm. to be honest like there's one really cool part if you go um, but serpent mounds a part of that and the thing with world heritage status like Chaco canyon um you know in ohio at least uh, or sorry, in the United States, Chaco Canyon's kind of our big one that's already U.N. World Heritage Site. Mm-hmm. But then the Great Pyramids, Chichen Itza, the biggest sites in the world are on this list and they're protected by the U.N. So that mm. with that comes gift shops, parking fees, yeah. money like they have to expand <laughs> these parking lots in a, it's and a big built, Ponzi scheme. And there's parking lots sitting on top of a woodhenge mm. that's at Serpent Mound. Like you see in Europe, there's mm-hmm. a legit woodhenge. They know it's there. there a whole and the bunch parking of in lot's serpents? on top built of it. it. Right on yeah. top. So they're going to come in. They don't care about the history. No, of it's well, it's a cover up they're, they're not into sure preserving jack shit. They're there to make money. Yeah. That's the thing that's been upsetting me is I've given these organizations the benefit of the doubt for far too long. Mm-hmm. And the more and more I'm talking to you guys now, and some of the things you're saying, and, and over the years getting to know Jeff, that it's just like, you know, maybe in my back of my head that it's just well they're just not running it well. It's just people that aren't that <laughs> no. sharp. Mm-hmm. That it's not an accident. But then again, you look at the board members, you look at the they're the weird stuff that's going in technology. on. Technology. So yeah, it's being it. funded by huge organizations, like getting these endowments. Like how's your <clears> how's your forehead feel? <clears throat>
1: It's spinning a little. I was say, you're about to get a laser dot on it. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> is it is it because there's this evil organization you it's know orchestrating B-U-M. all this, I don't or know. is it just money? I, I, or I'm is grabbing it having a beer? Yeah, are they using well, money maybe to maybe convince people you know to. Run these sites in the way in the fashion which they do because they're getting paid. They're gonna get money out of it, right? And they're using that to control people in a way to control this narrative in a way, right? So, uh, is it money or is it? Okay. Tell me about the UN in the forest. Oh well, so there's, t- <laughs> don't throw me off. <laughs> so in the UN uh, or in the forest, so um, there's national forests um, or national parks around the U.S. I'm good, buddy. In the middle, I'm all right. Uh, in the middle, like uh, you'll find like these random white vans or random parking areas. But is it every national forest is owned by the U- UN? Every, every, national park park. every national park is owned by the UN?
0: Because they're funding it some probably some way. No, because it's not.
1: It doesn't it's not owned by anybody? It's, so it's supposed national, to be ours. No. Our, but the it's not. Wrong. It's not anymore. It, it's, you're
0: wrong and you're dumb. Per- t- I mean, it's supposed
3: to. So be. Yeah. Yeah. the UN owns the That's the, the line parks. we're fed.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that
1: no? Yes. It's public land. That's they call it public no, it's, land. No, it's public land. It's not public land. Yeah, I can't it's go in certain parts of these parks. Oh it's yeah, it's not owned. It's a world thing. It's it's yeah. So there's literally. Sorry. So
2: they're
0: doing that same thing with historicals. Yeah, keep going.
2: Uh, like you'll find the white vans in the middle of these national parks that are UN vehicles with yeah. weird license plates on them. I've seen them. Mm-hmm.
1: But so, there's no buildings out there. Mm-hmm. That's the weird thing. There'll be like a hundred cars somewhere. And there's no buildings. What are they doing? It's a parking there? lot out in the middle of the... F- no roads.
2: I don't know. I don't know what they're doing out there or why. But it's just they there. It's almost
1: like a Shady. bunch of people go missing in the national parks every year. We don't know why. Well, right. yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Right. It, go, it goes because
1: back you to you walk into a, a UN base and now you're tonight's soup. Yeah.
3: You want that list that's going to cost you $3 million. <laughs> Politis tried to get it yeah a list and they said something like four million dollars
2: good lord to, to pay for it yeah he was like
3: what what do you mean like it's paper mm-hmm. well this is what's what's on the paper yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. the dangerous
0: part
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah no,
0: it's crazy but it does all connect it it does like you said it's it's academia it's the the epa i mean the ohio epa has I, done I'm not allowed some... to talk
1: about anything with the ohio epa
0: okay have you been scared a little bit? No, no. I'm on NDAs. Jobs. Oh, copy that. And no, I won't get into it. I was on a documentary down in Waverly. Um, they lady was making a documentary on the family that was <laughs> killed execution style in their. Trailer. Oh, Ross County. And, and <clears throat> through that process of her doing that documentary, just went down there to just try to figure out what was going what on happened? with this murder. Yeah. yeah. And she went down 20 different rabbit holes, where it was there, earthworks man. lost civilization stuff that was pulling her this way there was stuff with the defunct plutonium factory that's down there where everybody worked and when it shut down that county is the poorest county in ohio mm-hmm. there's so much corruption mm-hmm. and what they're doing to essentially they were trying to make that plutonium factory a nuclear dump <laughs> to just fold it all in and then have other people bring in their nuclear waste. Hmm. And so, essentially, like, they had these geologists and survey people come out and, and it's like, no, no, totally safe. There's no cracks in the bedrock. It's not going to leach into the water. Oh, and meanwhile, there's people getting bone cancer yeah. everywhere down Is that there. What that,
1: that's what that movie's about, isn't it? Brockovich? Yeah. Basically. A similar situation. Yeah, That was West Virginia, though, right? They yes, were dumping these
3: chemicals from, like, a tanning...
1: Yeah, I don't know Factory if it's nuclear into but... the water. No, but the... yeah, same thing. It's yep. getting into the watershed. Flint. Mm-hmm. We've been on a big kick about the water table and stuff like that. Water's it's the next getting war. scary. Dude. It's the next war. You yeah, know about the Euphrates. Yeah,
0: you ever seen the documentary Blue Gold? Mm-mm. It's really fascinating, just how like Nestle is up in Michigan mm-hmm. sucking out all Rain the tributaries all. <laughs> going mm-hmm. into the Great Lakes. Uh, how about the Mississippi? Yeah, that so you too. You walk
1: across it in Louisiana. I was down there five years ago, and it, it you couldn't. You can now walk across it because we're t- – it's not – we've killed the water system. And that's – yeah. we just gotten to talk about this, me and my, my, my dad, a very educated man. But he's like, I don't understand what you mean that we, we don't have – what we did is we cut out all of the middlemen of the water cycle, the conventional water cycle we evolved with. Uh, we've tiled everything. Everything's asphalt. we straightened right. rivers. It's to get it as fast as you can to the ocean. Right. Nothing's going back. Up. Yeah, nothing's going back into the water table. Like down into the aquifers. Correct. Yes. <clears throat> and we've killed all the rainforest. We're destroying forest. So forests off gas, water. Yep. So literally, uh, we talked about this on the show. Rainforests in South America are the only reason some countries in South Africa Get water. get water, get rain, because the, yes. the storms that are formed over top of the rainforest go across yep. the ocean Absolutely. and give them their water, and they're not getting it anymore because that part of the rainforest is gone. Right, uh, we've killed the. water. That's segment.
0: the monsoons that form off of mm-hmm. Africa that feed
1: all those inland r- jungles in in Africa. But Euphrates is dry; it's officially dry. Uh, I don't know if uh, you guys are biblical or uh, I'm. I'm a Christian. I'm interested. Euphrates in the Bible. is very important. For yeah, Christians, absolutely. I mean, because it's when the end times trials and tribulations did, start. Is when the Sumeria re- is dry, and we're there. Yeah, it's dry. Yeah. Ain't no water. And then glad uh, we're starting a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good we're
3: time. gonna get to like
0: yeah. we're gonna get to our like silver status on YouTube, and then need the, the padlocks the
3: door end. for the uh, zombie apocalypse. We just
1: monetized, <laughs> and <the laughs> pockets around the Dead Sea are turning red, and that's also talked about in the Bible. Really, and we don't understand why. We think it's an allergy, but they can't ID the species. Right, red eye, red eye. Right now yeah. this is happening again. Right now. No, right now. Like th- two days ago is when this came out. Hot off the press. I mean, dude. Uh, I, got, I called Jay go back to Tepe, oh, all bad. those
0: ancient oh, sites oh, in Turkey. Mm-hmm. That shit's wild, man. Yeah. I mean, they're blowing away timetables oh, of for civilization. Sure. For sure. And who, who, who's to say that there wasn't something even more advanced
1: before that? Zahi Hawass. Where, where would the evidence says. be? Zahi.
2: Yeah, oh, he says.
1: Jay was screaming at me about him today.
2: I don't like that, man. No. And
1: nobody does. Nobody in this room does. I know no. that for a fact. <laughs> no. Not a fan. No, not the a fact fan. That he, he Looking wouldn't... at Stoner, though, he's not in this room. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we can still hang out with Stoner. Isn't that sweet? And he yeah. can talk to us. I love it. It's like he, his, his picture's big enough to where he feels like he's included. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Yep. He's, yeah. the,
0: he's the fifth uh, element. Gotta, we gotta bring stone into the show. We gotta have a little. We gotta figure out the stone. right there. The stone feed. We've thought
3: about that too. Into the, yeah, that'd be great. Cut a <laughs> yeah. hole in a window and put so a camera. We have a stone. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> oh, a long time ago, we just giants. Uh, multi rows of teeth. Polydactyly is a more extra. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's extra toes and fingers. Fingers, yeah. Yep, the, there's that too. Blue skin. A lot of giants are blue. Like Avatar. Well, not that quite, that blue, yeah, but yeah. blue, gray skin. Blue hue, yeah, sure. Yeah. You know what those are all signs of, right? Cyanosis. Inbreeding. Luminogenetic pool. Those are all genetic markers for a population that's on collapse. Mm. Uh, and it's especially a hominid. It's crazy. Like, literally, and we're talking about stories that we're getting from the 18 and 1700s about these blue giants that have extra fingers. Or even further back, the extra finger thing goes back They're, like, mutating. Time. They're, yeah. like, mutated. It's because your gene pool is getting so short that you don't have the genetic capacity to form a normal body anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, you ever heard of the Great Headache with the Giants? No. Mm-mm. Okay. I'm not a great giant person, as in the research and stuff like it. it's just not something that I've researched heavily. Okay. But the Great Headache was basically an interview with giants so like three or four hundred years ago, one of the last living giants, and they talked about that a long time ago. There was a lot of us, and now there's not, right? Because of the Great Headache. It was basically a disease. A war. No, it was a disease where they would get, like, it seemed like a brain infection. And because it would start with a headache, an excruciating headache, and then a bleeding nose, and then death. And it seemed like a very small percentage of this giant population was immune. Mm. And they were the ones that left. And they kept breeding and breeding and breeding. But the genetic pool was so destroyed that, because you're also talking about a population that was not, or that was immune to the disease. So they're probably already kind of related. Yeah. And that's why we started getting, the modern Moderns, I mean the last three or 4,000 years, blue giants, polyodactyly. Anything with polyodactyly is definitely inbred. That's like the number one thing with inbred. If you have extra or less fingers and toes. There's something wrong with that yeah. blueprint. Yeah. yeah. And then the extra rows of teeth is another big one with humans. Uh, yeah, they find it in, in, in it, yeah, kids.
3: And
1: the, they get The them blue people in West Virginia, middle. Yeah, they were inbreds. They had been breeding in their own like their own family for so long, they turned blue. And they had polydactyly. Damn. So strange. And it's just a sign. So let's say that me and Jay were talking about this the other day. I think giants probably lived, their lifespan was probably two to three hundred years, if not longer.
0: Yeah, they spoke well. I mean, like the king's list of Sumeria mm-hmm. and Egypt, like, they goes like back seven. hundreds to thousands of years. Or yeah. Where, like, a, one king lived for, was king for a thousand years. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're just like, oh, well, that's myth. You know, but here it is on these steles in Egypt and, and these giant temple complexes. Yeah. Where they have these lists and then Samaria has them as well, where Enki and
1: Enlil So do you know and, the problem with a long lived species? Of, of what? With a long lived species that's facing extinction is they have really slow gestation periods. Hmm. So they breed really slow. That's why it took so long To get elephants back Right They have almost a 13 month Gestation period Right It takes them over a year Just to produce one offspring Plus raising it for 4 or 5 years Before they'll get pregnant again So if you're If these giants are living Extended lives Extended compared to us You know They're gonna breed really slow Right So if you do face a cataclysm you can't bounce back like we can. We're like roaches right, compared. Right, right, right. You know, we can produce an offspring. But, I mean, and even being in the fifteen
0: hundreds, De Soto wrote about going up the Mississippi and through the tributaries in uh, like the South and Midwest and running into tri- tribes of regular sized people and tribes of giant people, mm-hmm. and they were living hand in hand and next to each other. Mm-hmm. We covered the story about Magellan. Oh, off the coast great. of Patagonia,
3: that was great. Where
0: Magellan's crew wrote and actually sketched.
3: They tried to bring one back. They
0: tried yeah. it. They captured the it, it. Yeah, and they knocked it out and got it on board, and the thing died, uh, supposedly in captivity. I mean, you're and they, the head hard enough, it probably ain't going to be the yeah, best shape. Well, <laughs> it, you know, it wasn't uh, giant. It's not going to have sea legs, right? Like that. That if it's never been on a boat. You know, and if you hit it hard enough on the head, <laughs> it's like, it how gets they knock sick. it out?
3: Yeah, yeah, or it was but, a mean, nutritional or dietary thing. and yeah. they couldn't survive the journey. But well
1: documented sure. sketches. A lot draw. of big animals yeah. don't do good in captivity. Yeah, especially a smart one. One hundred percent. They just starve themselves. They won't yeah. eat. they I mean, the I mean, people. Try the scenes were uh, the Tasmanian tigers. Right. We had a bunch of them in zoos. We only ever had like a, a handful. Right. They would actually eat. The food. last one mm. was
3: in. Oh really?
1: Yeah. The most of them starve themselves to death in, the, in mm. captivity. Because they, they, they give them food, they give them live food, dead food. It doesn't matter. They just sit there and pace. It's yeah. like, this isn't right. That's all I'm their brains. I'm not my got... natural yeah. habitat. And
0: I think they're, those are back. There's people that have been seeing trilocines. did a two-hour episode on it. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, in, wow. in Australia? Yeah. yeah. You know what the yeah, big fight can... with
1: trilocines right now? What's that? Is the genetic lab that's bringing woolly mammoths back. Woolly mammoths are, okay, officially, woolly mammoths aren't been have not been cloned yet.
2: I Officially. think they already I think they have been Yeah But this
1: company's saying We have the genome We can do it We have Asian elephants are the, are the closest living relative Of the woolly mammoth So we have a surrogate So we can do it So they are working on doing it We actually There's some evidence To suggest that It may help with some of the Jay doesn't like the word But climate change stuff In like In, in our more northern climates uh, Basically it creates more food In the winter so, what mastodons and mammoths did is, well, mammoths specifically, would take their giant tusk, and they're basically snow plows. Right. They'd make food available they're all winter up long. All the mushrooms. So many that. species went extinct right after mammoths. Yeah. Because they depended on mammoths. Sure, absolutely. To clear the yeah. the yeah. woolly rhinoceros. Mm-hmm. For, for, for months of the year. Yeah. The ground sloths. So, yeah, once they went extinct, they were like The the woolly rhinos. Because they can't eat in the winter now. <clears throat> they don't have the system. So, this company's bringing them back. And they think there's some evidence I don't uh, I want them back but it's just me I like seeing big animals. You really
3: think they're going to put woolly mammoths back somewhere? They're already there. Really?
1: I think so. 90% of Siberia we don't we can't go to. That
2: is true, yeah. Because it's Siberia, oh, it's not because so nobody's telling you you can't. Deep. You can't get mm-hmm. there
1: cuz you'll die. Right, right. But so this company anyways came to Australia and they built a 5 million dollar genetics lab for cloning trilocins. They have DNA, they have uh, a couple a couple marsupials that are kind of close related. They're like, okay, we have like three or four options for a surrogate. So we we think we can do this. And the thing is, they went extinct because a human Predation. hunting them to extinction yeah. relatively recently. So the ecosystem that they were from is still present. They still have a role. The role hasn't been completely eaten up by, by invasives yet. So there's still a chance that if we bring them back, they'll do okay. Right. And they can get reestablished and they'll do great. The problem is, is this is a lot of money, Yeah, but Australians are fighting back, not because of the Genetics Lab cloning animals, because they said they're still there. Mm. So why are you spending and wasting all this money? Instead, protect the ones we got. They're there. Yeah. Yeah. They're protect there. the ones that are still living. Right. Don't make new ones. Yeah. Do something else. So yeah. this, this lab is like, okay, we have five more years to build and finish this project. So if you, you can find... And I think that well, we did the rewards like a million dollars or something. It's... If you can find us a live one before we're done with this five-year pl- project, we'll use the lab to clone some other endangered species. Wow. So there's this whole timetable thing now that's going on with the we're like That's wild. But I've seen videos of them. I yeah. know they're real. Like, they're, I mean, as in still around. Sure, right? Right. sure. I mean, we had... Uh, the the uh the wildlife famous biologist. black and white
2: video that you see where it's in the zoo it's or in something like
1: 19 whatever, well I seen color ones from 2018 yeah of a uh, mom with her pups really yeah and it's striped rump so they have a very stiff tail yeah so people are like no it's a dingo dingo are do- you know the related dogs they have a very fluctuating tail mhm Trilicines have a very rigid thick st- stiff tail Yeah. it's all almost fused bone so it looks like they're rag- wagging a uh, like a mop handle mhm so there's nothing there. Like that you can't you can't bend. Right. Like if you took that, it would be very painful if you tried to bend that tail. So there's there's plenty of video evidence, but that doesn't mean anything for what people care about. Right. But to me, it's they're like they're still around. Yeah. But yeah, and then Megalania is another Australian one. Um, Giving our Australian listeners a shout out because we just kind of blew up over there. Oh, nice. We've gotten a whole bunch of emails and reviews from Australia. The last very thousand, cool. Two weeks. Very cool. Uh, but Megalania still still are being seen. Do you know what is that? The big Komodo dragon. Wait, what? Bigger <laughs> than a Komodo? Yeah, most get twenty foot. This guy got fifty. Damn, big Komodo you dragon. You know why the aborigines didn't have fires at night? Because it would bring the Komodos. Yeah, because it bring the Megalania. The
0: Megalania. They come in
1: and eat the whole village. Yeah, and then they take the fire and scrape it out and lay in the embers.
2: Stay warm. So that, that's why the that's aborigines a real life sit
1: dragon. there. They just sit there in the dark because it's like yeah. If we light this fire, every monster for 10 miles is coming here. <laughs> this is yeah.
3: great. I've never heard any of this stuff, but that's fantastic. So th- we still have
1: modern sightings yeah, of Megalania today. So do you know where the largest unde- unexplored rainforest by volume on the planet is? In Australia? Yeah, I know. It's kind of a hint. But yeah. It is? It's, uh, yeah. We, there's a massive rainforest that we can't go into because everything will kill you. Every
2: bug is venomous. It's like on the southwest part of Australia, right? Yeah.
1: It's monstrous. Where they get more rain. Yeah. They're just barely doing... uh, So, Yowie is the Australian Bigfoot-like creature. Yep. There's a company or a group that's doing a little bit of research down there, but they can only go to this one (laughs) valley because they need to be able to get out in time if something stings them. Right. So, they have to time it. Like, okay, if I get stung right here, it's going to take me 45 minutes to get back to the camp. It's going to take me two hours to get to the main road, and it's going to take me two hours to get to the hospital. So if I get stung by this insect, I can make it. But if I get bit by this spider, I can't.
3: I did not know Australia had this big of a rainforest.
1: Australia is a massive continent. It's huge
0: subcontinent. Yeah, it's a. Co- but it was like Indonesia. All that was one giant. Yes, continent. The bring the last it's ice. It's all age. on a mm-hmm. big shelf. Yeah, there's, mm-hmm. that's why the Great Barrier Reef BG exists. was part of we it. We have these
1: giant shallow water shelves because they were above land. You know, yeah. Sometime in the recent past, you can argue timescale and everything like that. Uh, we do know the Great Barrier Reef is at least forty thousand years old. So it's been underwater yeah. for, oh, wow. or at least most of it's been underwater for at least that long. Yeah. But there's bleaching events on top. It look like or historic bleaching events look like it was a, like chunks of it have been raised and lowered like above waterline and below waterline. There's coral in the Great Barrier Reef that goes almost right up to the surface. It's 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 an incredible place on the planet. Yeah. That's so I wild. would love to I'm gonna go have to look into yeah, this reef Everything kills you. Not even being encrypted, but just not knowing. There that was there's one. A giant there was one. Do uh, you remember Lost Tapes? No.
3: Oh gosh. Oh yeah. Great show from.
1: I was so I was young. Yeah. I'm 27, so I'm a little. Lost Tapes. We have a little bit difference in age, yeah. so I'm trying to think what how old you guys would have been. I was I was probably 10 to 12 when it was 20s when it was out. Yeah. But it was basically like a found footage type thing with certain cryptids from around the world, but it, based off real events. Uh. A, a girl got eaten by a megalania, or at least that's kind of the th- story, in Australia. They found some of her video cameras, and it looked like something was chasing her, like following her. So, Komodo dragons, I don't know if you'll know what they do. They have venom. It's yep. been an argued fact for a long time. Yeah. It's, they actually leak it through their gums. Okay. They through their gums. Okay. So, they used to think the saliva was just was so bacterial yeah, yeah. yeah. But it would it's kill animals. Venom, I... They actually have venom glands in their throat. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know that. I thought it was all those That's all really too. new. Yeah, really mm-hmm. new, because their yep. venom glands were so small and so much further back than any other animal. We weren't looking for them, so We're, normally they're in the face, yeah, or yeah. the back of the head. Yeah, they have them right, way down lower, okay, uh, and they just kind of leak them. So what they do is they run up and they bite, and then they back off.
3: And they just follow you.
1: Yep, they're like you're going to die. Yeah, I don't got to do nothing. I'm yeah. going to fight you. I ain't going to rip you up.
3: Yeah, they just track you until yep. you, you go down. They're like so a this, uh,
1: this girl got followed by something for days. Uh, so it's, and it was not. It wasn't ever lunging at her. It was never But it was massive. Uh, But Aborigines have stories of like these living log monsters is what they kind of refer to them as, which are these giant lizards. Uh, They look like logs. Uh, There's a 2000, maybe 2000 account of a Boy Scouting group going near this rainforest. A smaller, like, basically imagine the rainforest as a national park. So a state park that's kind of nestled up to it. But it's got roads and stuff in it. Okay. So it's not as dangerous as going into the rainforest. Gets you on the edge of it. Yeah. But you can still go out with the Boy Scouts and stuff and see stuff. But something happens civilizations right there right right mm-hmm. and they s- sat on a log that stood up and it was a megalania <laughs> and komodo dragons aren't monsters they they eat they, they are vicious predators but when they're full or they're not hungry they just walk off they don't they're not monsters right, right. so this thing just kind of like oh all right these guys woke me up i'm leaving
3: yeah and took off
1: and it was like a 25 foot lizard
3: I mean I remember Damn. years and years ago that I would hear stories out of uh Africa. Ogopogo, right? Yeah. Ogopogo is Ogo- Canada. Not is it Ogopogo? What's the lake Oyante Oh,
0: Tambo is the uh, Congolese.
3: Is that what it is? Uh dinosaur- oh, Kelly and Bembe. Oh, Kelly and Bembe. Yeah, Yante Tambo, South they, America, I think. I don't know
0: if they yeah. thought it was a yes. uh, Brontosaurus. That's, a, that's an ancient or... site Dye. in South yeah. America, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. So,
1: <laughs> so We've done a no. lot of we've done a lot of research on Mokelli and Bimbe. Actually, yeah. we talked to Lyle Blackburn about it. Yeah. yeah? Oh uh,
0: Lyle We caught his presentation. Yeah,
1: we love Lyle. He's uh, he's given us shout outs in a couple of his stage shows and stuff like that. His stage presentations. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but we, we kinda caught him talk to him about it one day. Yeah. It's probably not a sauropod. That sauropod would be that long necked dinosaur family group. Right, right. Uh not because I don't think anyways, not that they survived mass or didn't survive mastery because that's a different argument. Mulkelli and Bimbe never had a tail. Until in the 1960s, when all these white people from America were like, "Okay, they're seeing a dinosaur," they took these picture books. They're like, "Okay, is this what you're seeing?" Then these guys were kind of like, "Well, kinda," and then they'd give them stuff. So like, "Oh yeah, no, no, that's what we're seeing." They created this whole trade system for information. Hmm. They created a false trade system. They want to know now. All these people in the Congo know the Americans want to see a dinosaur, so they draw the dinosaur with the big long tail. Mokulu Mbembe historically never had a tail. Okay. It was a still big, four-legged animal, long neck. Hated hippos. Hmm. That's the famous thing. Mm-hmm. Is that like when you're in the Congo, and you stop seeing hippos, you're probably not in a good area, mm. because Makalembi hates you too. Makalembi hates everything. So there was a creature that is from this part of Africa that was big, uh, tied with the biggest land mammal to ever exist. It had a long neck. And a very bad attitude. And you'd think it was a mammal. And it was famous for eating hippos. What was Mm. it called? The Paraceratherium. A mouthful. It's a rhino relative with a Mm. long neck, big tusk. So, McKellen maybe has tusk teeth. So, uh, Paraceratherium has these tusk teeth. And the cool thing about Paraceratherium is they had really dense bones. Is this like a Pleistocene animal?
0: Yeah. That they thought after... Yeah, but
1: they they coexisted with hippos, too. Okay. Hippos just survived. Right. So, who's to say this thing didn't? These things were big, they hated hippos, and they had very dense bones. So there's a couple of animals, reasons animals have very dense bones it is for weight distribution and being negatively buoyant. Hippos cannot swim. Right, they walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hippos have very dense bones. Yep. Because they've they got a lot of fat on them, so they need to sink. Paraceratherium had very, very dense bones. Hated hippos. Lived a long time, and they lived very solitary lives. So I really think that the Paraceratherium is what Mokele-Mbembe is. Yeah. And these things are monstrous. These are not small animals. These could pick up a hippo and throw it. Damn. So you're talking about two to three times the size of an African Dude, elephant. Dude, the
0: Congo's got to have
1: so much weird shit. I mean, it, you, know, you we, can't penetrate right. that dense well, it's, of It's not jungle. even that. You know why we don't research it anymore?
0: I mean, there's you can just die of malaria the like that. The guerrilla warfare. Yeah, well, yeah, There's of course. Because yeah. Lyle was going to go do it, and it was yeah. just too
1: much money. Absolutely. Because you had to pay you every You had to pay all the warlords off. It, and they will kill you. What
2: right. Kelly and Mochailliambe translate into? The one that stops the river's flow. So there you go. There's a good example. And then how many toes did the tracks normally Thank have? you. I forgot. You're missing some. Yeah.
1: It, this, Jay's what great for Jay? this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- so Mochailliambe only ever has three toes. That's weird, right? Yeah. Sauropods always had four or five. So sauropods still had five toes, but sometimes it was raised more on the foot so you wouldn't see it in a track.
3: Kind of like a dog. Yeah.
1: So that dew claw, that'd be yep. a sauropod's fifth digit. So sometimes they had five toes, sometimes they had four in the fossil record. Mokalian Bambay only ever has three. That doesn't change. In the tracks. In yeah. the tracks. And we have really good tracks, Mokalian Bambay, uh, with dermal ridges and everything. Like, it's a foot. Something real made this. Like photos of it or casts? Casts. There's casts that okay. exist. So McKellian mammalian has three. Parasaratherium has three. It's a it's a cliven hoofed mammal. Mm. So the toes are actually fused. So there's odd-toed mammals and there's uh, an even-toed mammals. Mac- Parasaratherium is an odd-toed mammal with three toes. Even though the bones in the foot still have five digits, you see three toenails yeah. or three toes. So Parasaratherium fits that again. Mm. Fits the size, fits the attitude, yeah. the area, uh, negatively buoyant bones and a really bad attitude. And that's the that's the big thing with Mokalian Bambay He's like they're like you don't go near it. Yeah. Cuz it's it will it, stomp you to death. It will eat you or kill you. It it hates hippos. We've seen it throw a hippo. You don't go near them because it will kill you.
3: Yeah. It feels like there's cryptids and monsters and ancient relic animals living everywhere. But the stories go the more back talk about it.
0: forever. I know. Mm-hmm. The native the indigenous stories of these things are just Unbelievable! Like every ancient cultures has stories about biblical type floods, mm-hmm. weird creatures, UFOs, mm-hmm. and I mean yeah. it's it's hard to you, well, you can't throw a stone without it's even like
3: going to Angkor Wat when we went to Cambodia and they have a carving relief of a Stegosaurus. Well, the stegosaurus. Wow. I was like, yeah, hey, make sure true. you go you see, see on the, the Stegosaurus. You guys went there. Yeah. Bub did. You see, it and you're just awesome. like that's not real, and then yeah. you're like that is exactly it's, what it is. It's it's a I remember telling you about mm-hmm. that before. I've 100%. seen that carving, yeah. not
2: not in person, but yep,
3: 100. It just our guide walked us up to it, and we all just kind of sat
2: there for a minute, like India's full of a lot of weird stuff. We're a we're lot. hoping to go to India
0: with our buddy Vijay. He's exploring all these ancient temples out there. Shoots me like a hundred photos, and I'm just like, God, I'm so jealous. Yeah, we look at, at the ceilings. Yeah. Look at
2: the ceilings and the shadows. Well, India, oh, really? India is mm-hmm.
0: fascinating because the indo-european languages like they're coming from europe yeah down into india those ancient cultures were mixing with indigenous you know indian from the indian continent and they're create they're they're bringing the vedic the vedic texts mm-hmm. and and the sanskrit text go back so far you know hinduism there's cultures there that predate hinduism by far, mm-hmm. and it is one of the most advanced places in 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 the stories of flying machines. And the Vamana. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh, they're jellyfish. And, you know, I've read the Bhagavad Gita, <laughs> and that's interesting. But I'm just picking on you. You know, like I say,
1: I really think they're <laughs> they're only five percent of you. He's UFO got me believing
0: in his fucking everything, bro. <laughs> just like Justin's right. About it is. all just How, <laughs> huh? How,
1: How many times has happened to you? How many times has two. happened to you? A few times, like two? A few times. <laughs> And I just
2: look at you and I'm like, that's stupid Exactly
1: <laughs> Whatever Garbage, Giant Trees is the worst episode we ever did for Patreon
2: Yeah, he just doesn't believe in anything <laughs> no, If it doesn't I hate fall into a biological
1: associated with it
3: I, I, yeah. What's this topic?
1: I don't I don't want to talk it like Flat Earth, dumb? No, he yes. just Ah, oh, jeez <laughs> What is it? Oh, Jay? How about uh, Tartaria? Jay,
0: is it Tartaria, dumb? No, C. we can't
1: pick on Tartaria because we have a special guest coming on our show. Oh, about fuck. Tartaria. Hey, there's. I'm out when it comes to Tartaria.
0: Sorry, I'm I think not it's out another. Yet. I think it's another Corey Good. CIA the- black ops. Oh, I don't believe it. Misinformation, flat Earth type situation. Misleading. Where it's like there's already so many great ancient civilization and weird technology stories like. All of a sudden, Tartaria just like pops up, and now everybody's doing a podcast on it. It's like, oh, man, I it, man, I don't buy it's it, dude. I don't buy it. Shiny thing. The mud flood is basically flat Earth of ancient civilizations. And my, it's like that's the flat Earth of the ancient civilization. You gotta world. be careful. Jay
2: believes in I, flat I, Earth. I, I, I mean, no, I, it, see, he just doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. <laughs> he thinks I believe in flat Earth. I don't. I don't believe <laughs> I mean, we're looking I at and him. Jay, flat plane. He's misrepresenting Jay, me. It, Tell I, them got, what you, I believe you don't so believe funny. he doesn't believe in flat Jay, earth. I just he's, love. He's just misrepresenting doing it. I believe. Me. I do. I believe the earth isn't what we're told it is. I'll believe now, that. I think what I sense? can agree hey, with that. So know. I don't. I don't believe Hollow
4: Earth.
1: Uh, hollow Earth uh, potentially. Yeah. Hollow
2: earth. I, I, I believe there's things below us and things above us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And Journey realms to the of the center living. of the
1: earth. One just look at me and say, flat earth's real and stuff like that. I say, I don't, like, I don't believe in put flat, my head through the wall. I don't believe in
2: flat earth and the ice wall. And you know, there's, oh, there's gosh, that containing that a, a of stupid, giant so ice but wall. what space, I, isn't real. Birds aren't see, real. They're the funniest. There, internet there, meme oh, ever. He birds are real. I, be, I believe that space may not be real. I think that's a possibility. I think it could be a misrepresentation. I'll take you
0: to Chaco Canyon. At two in the morning,
2: well, it's not that space isn't real. It's at just it's, it's just that this is what no, we talk about is it's it... that space is being misrepresented to yes. be like this vast emptiness that, uh... of you know whatever planets out in billions of light years away or whatever other galaxies just like ours teeming with life or, or teeming with whatever planets and all that. Yeah, what if all that's just. Misrepresentation and it's we we do see what's up there. We can see it. You can look up and see it. So I'm not disputing that. A lot of it's It's theoretical too. Yeah, it's just what actually is that? Instruments to go measure it. I've never went up there and touched it or felt it, seen it, smelled it, but. I believe I, you know Really? It, I never noticed. It could be something different <laughs> than what they're telling us. So you know this yeah. we we grew up in school, you know, everything if you look what we've been taught yeah. in school, it's a yeah, misrepresentation. You know who set up the school garbage? system? Yeah, I mean there's a lot in school that Ford, what, you come oh, to find which out. Which businessman was it? it isn't <laughs> real. Rockefeller? Yeah. Rockefeller, thank there you. Right he there. set up the education system. I'm so right, like I know space. it's one of the evil ones. So so I just when, can't think of what. When you're sitting in class and they're teaching you about space, this is what it is. Who's to say, like, okay, maybe it's – or just to stop and pause, maybe that is a misrepresentation. Yeah. Because, you know, when you when you look out into the vastness of space, we're this tiny little speck of – you know, they say life, you know, we're the only life out there because – or else life would have visited us by That's now bullshit. if it was so, like – infinite you know then it's infinitely teeming with life then if we of can't be the only thing yeah. and then something would have visited us you know if, they but, know but the fungus zones. but however we haven't you know we haven't had this advanced civilization you know visit us would you, supposedly would you care but, about ants but shh. <laughs> 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 but like um Oh, I'm
0: with Jay on this, to be honest. When, like, we do care about ants. There's lots yeah. of entomologists that are obsessed with For sure. Like, it's it's part of the ecosystem. We're all you know one. You the entomologist? Huh? We yelled him.
1: Yeah, called we yelled him a commie him. the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. He's my neighbor. I'm, but, he's, Kurt's an amazing man, but I was yelling at my dog, and I called him a commie. And Kurt looked up, thought I was screaming. Commie you at called him. your dog a commie!" He about knocked me over. <laughs> <laughs> so I, There's a lot of irony in that researching JFK oh. stuff, and it was like, so I, I <laughs> "Oh yeah, you'll get commie like six hundred times real oh, quick Jesus. with that."
2: But like the Earth might just—I just think it might be a realm of existence that you know life lives in. It's a special place because it is the only place where there actually is experience we're able to experience what we experience in this dimension i guess i, mean, I think this so, dimension
0: is kind of like a, like a school like yeah our existence on earth in a way is like some sort of cosmic school where we're here to experience. do what we're supposed to do experience mm-hmm. love hate anger like that's emotion all yeah part of the bag but also like bring yourself up and raise yourself up to a spiritual level mm-hmm. where you're actually trying to go through a process of leveling yourself up, mm-hmm. and it, and it's just I mean you think about it like every time you walk out the door, you know, if you're open minded, you can learn something, teach oh, yourself something, absolutely. And and you know the the spiritual nature of everything is always been a big fascination of of mine. It's like. Are we in this some kind of simulation? Mm-hmm. You know, we have these meat suits that we walk around in. What's really going on, you know, is there this spirit that moves on in, into these other dimensions after we're down in the dirt and mm-hmm. we're gone? Do we continue on? Do we keep that cycle of life going where it's just an energy disposition mm-hmm. where just our energy moves on? And maybe it's into a whole nother existence. Maybe it's a whole nother realm, like you're saying with Earth. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're going to live the next life that we need to live to learn what we didn't learn, maybe in the in the previous life, Mm -hmm. potentially. Um, You know, my wife's from uh, her father's from India. They're Hindu. So, Mm. you know, the concept of of uh, reincarnation, of reincarnation has been really interesting because, you know, there's many times where it's like, I'm like, why am I so fascinated with Egypt? Why am I so fascinated with the Yucatan and, and ancient Mexico and Peru and all these places? Yeah, um, And, you know, it's been interested in really just trying to understand why I'm into it. You just maybe there was maybe we lived some type of life. In in uh, have, in the far distant past, you ever heard the baby God theory? Let's hear it.
1: It's not one. I just kind of basically, they we're all the same being, pieces of the same being. Sure, it's Having like a fractal. We're yeah, fractal nature of a larger whole. whole. Yes, of absolutely. Life. Rich, poor, sorrow, happiness, love. At the end of it, we're literally uh, chunks of a baby God. And of you, this, the like godhead, you're saying the Godhead. You're this is so school. The Godhead. So when is you like start creating stuff school. later, you know how everything feels, right? So you're not vicious, or you know, or not not caring. Yeah, and it's not what I subscribe to, but it's definitely an yeah. interesting theory.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I, all I know is that growing up Catholic, most of that shit didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And when I started learning about and and really having my own mystical spiritual experiences through. You know different avenues, and and through really trying to like immerse myself into, um, you know meeting different people, were, and 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 going through the ringer essentially, and trying to on my own path, trying to discover who I was. I was adopted actually when I was uh, six mm. weeks old, mm. so I grew up in you know Chickasaw, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my father and 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 biological mother, uh an experience in my twenties kind of woke me up because I never really cared. I always knew that I was adopted, but just, you know, these guys, my buddies never made it a big deal. Every now and then growing up, somebody would make it into, I just never cared. My mom and dad were my mom and dad. They raised raised me. These are my friends. This is my little world. Um, but as you get older and especially, you know, when I was in my twenties, I'm like, I'm having all these kind of issues, in my life, because I didn't know where i who I was, mm-hmm. I knew where I came from, but I didn't know my roots i didn't know my history so you know fast forward to when I had my first daughter, uh, I started really. It started coming through really thick mm-hmm. through experiences that I was having, um, you know, out in the woods and things that were, were like coming through. I couldn't push it away anymore. Right. And so because of her, it's like I need to find out who I am to essentially like get past all these blockages to essentially get me to the point where, you know, I could with good friends and help create something like this. Yeah. If I hadn't gone down that path, Strange Road would never exist. So putting myself into situations to try to like just smack myself out of this, this matrix and try to understand a deeper level. And, you know, through that process, I, I took a DNA test, discovered that basically the entire U.N. conference is inside my body <laughs> like from all over just because that region of Mexico had been taken over by so many, you know, Jewish, there's Congolese, there's West African down there. Uh, the silver mines were in Zacatecas, where, where my father was adopted from. He hmm. was adopted, too. Wow. See, I found all this huh. stuff out through documents, and I went on Ancestry and just started digging deep. Within a week, I'd found my biological mother, uh, not her contact info, but ended up getting a hold of her aunt that all of her, her aunt's brothers had all passed. But through my research, I was like, this person may still be alive. Mm-hmm. And I have this key, and I know this connects to her. And then I just got a whitepages.com, found her phone number, and gave her a call. Two, three days later, she calls me. Yeah, hi, how you doing? I'm having a barbecue at my house cooking food for a bunch of friends. And I got uh, kebabs on the grill, and all of a sudden it just starts pouring. And I run outside to take those. Kebabs off the grill, and the phone rings, and it's this lady saying, "Yeah, hi. Uh, uh you gave me a call, and and uh, you know you were you say you were given up for adoption in 1982. Well, I'm I'm here to tell you that you are that boy, and your mother's alive, and they've all wanted to know where you were. F- yeah, for your whole life. Yeah, it's wild. And you have two brothers and two half two half sisters and two half brothers." Which I kind of knew that. I didn't know they were boy and girl or how old they were.
2: You just knew they were But I had
0: found a birth certificate, my living birth certificate. So I have a birth certificate that says Michael, Francis, Leistner, parents, Gene, and Frank. But then I also have a living birth certificate, which is what I got unlocked when my daughter was really little. They released all those uh, adoption records uh, on the state level is right here in Columbus, drove down there, submitted a form and boom, I had this live birth certificate. I had Mary's, uh, my birth mother's, uh, first and last name couldn't find her for years. I kind of just gave up until my wife got me ancestry. I took the DNA test. And so like, you know, the, the, uh, american southwest dna the hopi the uh you know all the way through mexico it's like uh i'm english but it's pre-anglo-saxon saxon english which is like basically the stone the people that built stonehenge mm-hmm. so it has these genetic commun- I'm like jesus no wonder yeah. i'm fascinated with all well, this it's stuff it's in, in your dna Maltese. like i'm obsessed oh, yeah. with yeah. the island of malta Malta's and the giant awesome. stories there and the the crazy psycho- cyclopic structures and stuff there, like mm-hmm. Malta's in there, uh, Italy, Spain. Sardinia. Sardinia is mm-hmm. is is the is, is that the where actual are from? specific yeah. is Sardinian, uh, but it's like you know two percent. But it's like uh, you know my mother was like pretty much all Welsh and English, mm-hmm. and you know uh, Irish or whatever. But all the weird DNA comes from my father, who was grew up in mexico in Zacatecas, where these silver mines were yeah and then you dig into like the culture there and there was a huge uprising against the spanish um that this he's kind of like the tecumseh of mexico mm. he's like a folk hero down there i want to get a tattoo of this guy like on the back of my calf um but mezc was his was his name and um but like literally discovering all this stuff. When I just grew up in this little German Catholic area, Right. always felt a little different, but had good friends like these guys uh-huh. that, that, you know, we were just out of place weirdos. All of us banded together. We were kind of all, diff- yeah, we did know. not fit in very well. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we did, we, we, did we didn't. Very yeah. conservative, uh, obviously. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's important, like you guys, are, you guys are young guys, you're, you're going on your spiritual journey right now. Mm-hmm. The key, everybody has their own path to figure out where they're supposed to be mm-hmm. and how they're supposed to get to. And and it's all about feeling good about yourself, doing, mm-hmm. accomplishing something. And you guys are doing that. And part of this crypts to the court, you guys have created something that. Like down the line, you're not even going to realize how important this really is until like 10 years down the road. And however far you want to take it, you'll take it. Um, but yeah, I think that's like doing all this research and being obsessed with shit is cool. Mm hmm. Like you, sir, are obsessed.
1: I have problems. And it's cool as yes. hell, though,
0: like to sit here and chat with you and go down these rabbit holes. Yeah. And, you know, I used to be like that more when I was in my 20s. I got kids now. It's hard for me to, like, really sit down and, unless it's something, like, really going to bring me in and blow me away. Um, but a lot of the stuff that we talk about, I was into a long, long time ago. So it's, it's hard to like go back to when I was mm-hmm. in those obsessive research states and digging into all this ridiculous Staying up all shit, night watching YouTube videos, oh, yeah. reading reading, articles and reading documents is really what I was doing. Yeah. I was going in the unclassified and, and, uh, freedom of information act, mm-hmm. finding the journalists that were pulling all of this stuff out and like reading white papers and, and on all kinds of shit about UFOs, the banking industry, you know, who who's really running shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, figuring out how money works, all of those things. And then just slowly meeting people like we were talking about Jim Bowser. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always we've had people that kind of pop in our lives where you feel like shit's being guided a little bit. But the synchronicities that happen, that's when you know you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. When you have these weird things that pop mm-hmm. up when you're like, damn, I just met this person and it led me to this and it led me to this. That's yeah. how, you know, if you're not on the right path, you're not having all these amazing things. Like, you know, we, when we, him and I went to Sedona and, and got smudged on top of a, in a Canyon on top of a vortex in 2010. Like that was another moment where just like all my chakras, whatever you want to call it aligned. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it just like, and it took me a long time, like another ten years, to get to the point where we're doing this. Uh-huh, but yeah. the message was pretty damn clear: this is what we're supposed to be doing. Uh-huh. Back then in 2010, I mean, the Jeep tour guide that did all this for us was freaked out, like genuinely. Kevin was freaked out. He said, like, "Guys, this never happens."
3: Everything that kept happening, yeah, it was great. Because <coughs> we did really these uh,
0: Spirit Wheel cards, okay, and it's kind of like a tarot card, but it's uh, Native American. Uh, spirit wheel spirit wheels are out in south uh southwest united states where they're actually big these big geometric structures and people will sit in the center they'll sit in the spokes of these wheels and so it's it's through like a meditation um but it's this uh and i don't fully understand the the spirit wheel completely Mm -hmm. um but these cars are essentially like that type of astronomical geometric um what your birthday is what our connection is and you you put your intentions right into the cards yeah and you just we're up on this this Boynton canyon um uh, that that was, was a, a vortex basically that's not on the vortex maps gotcha when you go to sedona you can get the the airport vortex you can go to this and it's all like tourist attractions yeah this dude brought us in a jeep that was like super remote. We're you in the could, middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. And this is his like little He's like, "Man, you guys are into this. You just want to keep going cuz we booked like a 2-hour tour." Uh, heck
2: and yeah. he's like,
0: "I don't normally do this, but would you guys want to go to this yeah. kind of secluded area?"
2: He was
3: like, "All oh, these and, guys are down for and, it. I get to do what I want on the tour."
0: And I'll break out the the Spirit Wheel cards. We're like, "What are Spirit Wheel guys?" Oh, oh, he had a
3: flute out. He was
0: he was playing flute. Was he great. smudged us for the first time up there. I, I think there th- was
3: mention of Avatar at one point oh, because yeah, things we were getting so it. strange. He was just like, the, he's like turns around while he's driving the Jeep. He's like, you guys ever see Avatar? And we're like, yes, Kevin. <laughs> yes, we have. But I Kevin think Torres, we were a nice change of pace. Kevin he, he Torres, had,
0: I've been trying to find this guy yeah, for, a while. for years. I cannot We were not the typical tourist him. that when he says, "Oh, that's, real. When yeah, he said, whole, "Oh, that's Bart dude, Simpson Rock," he talked yeah. to us,
3: about, and he have people go, "How did you do that?" And he's like, "No, like <coughs> nobody carved it. Those rocks are—they just look right. like, like they look like yeah. Bart." But people are like, "Oh, who's the artist?" He's like, "You know, God or
1: whoever." Yeah. Like,
0: but we get up there, and like most of the time, it's like tourists from LA. Right. Like, right. The people that he's got to give these cheap tours. So me and him well, are there's just there's a Yeah. We're just stoked, yeah. bro. We're out there, like, dude. He taught us how to connect to the energy.
3: Take We're your fingertips
0: over top over top of the. Have you um, ever heard of Ashtar? Mm-mm.
3: The like alien warden of the Southwest. Yeah, he hmm. lives in that the, apparently roams the canyons of Sedona. The
0: Greys are all in the canyons in these. And he keeps them in inner chambers. The Greys. Keeps them in Ashtar. Ashtar is the sheriff, essentially okay. of all of the Greys. The grays he goes and you talk <laughs> yeah, to the, right. needs to keep in there, yeah. it, and he said you talk to the old timers, the people that are eighties, nineties, and they'll tell you all of the weird shit that flies out of those canyons, the weird sightings. They know about the the aliens inside the canyons, but basically, Ashtar is like the one that keeps all the troublemakers in check. Civil. And you can go back to Ishtar in Sumeria. You know, there's there's tons of. Uh, you know writings in ancient civilizations about different variations of of, but Ishtar is a big one mm-hmm. uh, from so it's it's weird. Like is he, you know, this what they call uh, like uh, ascended masters, right? Like Saint Germain. Mm-hmm. So if you go to like the like all the Crowley off, Madame Blavatsky I say, stuff. I knew that from Madame Blav- the, the Blavatsky. White, yeah, the White Brotherhood. <laughs> so they're kind of like channeling groups that now spin off into these UFO cults that are everywhere. Mm -hmm. It all really started with like Blavatsky and, and Crowley and a lot of those guys. But Ashtar is a big figure in those groups in the white brotherhood. So when he said Ashtar, I bought shit. Yeah. I'm like, this is wild. Um, but the cards that we pulled, you know, the spirit wheel cards after, you know, mine was like uh, to the T. Like literally everything pretty much that I'm doing now, the message that you got, whereas we're reading them out, Kevin's like, this never happens. These cards, this is exactly what you guys have been telling me about. And so it, it's, it was kind of like this just lightning rod. Uh, and I try to put ourselves as much as I can. And lately it's just, you know, we've been hustling building the company building Uh strange road you know and so uh, gotta have like these points in your life where you take a little time and go out and just do something completely different you'll run into those type of kevin type of people you guys are on that path now oh we found them yes we found them yeah exactly i love a couple of them yeah Mm -hmm. but bowser perfect example like there's just these people throughout our lives that have you know, Ooh, come in and, and guided us. Yeah. yeah. And there's something like move. If you're on the right path, there's something moving you for in sure a direction. Yeah. But I'm starting
1: to get buzzed up. So I'm mm-hmm. talking out of my ass. <laughs> That's great. How long <laughs> do you guys normally do episodes for? Whatever. I don't know we if we ever have it. A what time, time limit? is it? Three. It's nine thirty. We've done done this for three and a half hours. Okay. Well, we should probably wrap this up. I was going to say.
3: <laughs> I was
0: with you on that.
1: If <laughs> yeah. you do me a favor, because I know this is going to be cross-posted. Yeah. yeah. So for our listeners, yeah, would you guys shout yourself out where to find y'all that stuff?
0: Yes, absolutely. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, cryptids of the corn listeners, what's up? <laughs> I'm Mikey. <laughs> this Bub. is Bub. Hello. Uh, we are the Strange Road. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at The Strange Road. Um, We have a Twitch channel with not much action, but Mm. we're really active streaming on YouTube. Um, We have audio platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your uh, podcasts, we're on. Um, I'm spiral at Spiral Mikey on Instagram bub is at bub ranley on twitter yep um kyle our producer is at kyle stonard on instagram um yeah if you guys we'd love to hear from you we really do appreciate these guys oh their show is uh much larger than ours and we're just (laughs) honored to have them down in uh the new studio and uh we'd love to hear we'd love to hear from you um and uh we're trying to build something cool, we're trying to you know do our thing, follow our passion and uh we'll see where it takes us but uh we're happy to you know <clears throat> have some new listeners potentially.
1: Yeah, so okay. I really think you definitely it. will. Mm-hmm. We I really appreciate it. You
0: definitely that. will. You think so? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean honestly just from ball. when
3: we first met you guys at CryptidCon, I was like this is this is going to work. Yeah. Like it just in the sense of yeah, I don't even care it. if we weren't doing a podcast right, right. now. No, just I'd just still just want to out. just hang out and talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, Those are the best. And the, that's all I need to know.
1: Yep. We could talk off air about, like, behind it. But those are the ones that work the best. Yeah. When you just sit here and we can have this three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour conversation I went by like that, and not has. know it was three-and-a-half hours. Yeah. Right. yeah. I was only looking because I had to pee. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, true. that's perfect. That's what I said. And after I'll put Krypton that at the beginning of the episode also. I'm going to cut that out and I'm going to flip it up to the top. Yeah, cool. That way, because... Not everybody will probably make it through three and a half hours. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and, for sure. And
0: I forgot to mention, we are from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I know you guys... New drinking buddies. Right down, absolutely. Yep, right down the road. Uh, come out to bus anytime. We'd love to come, you know, see you guys. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to have you guys in the studio. Absolutely. Nice.
1: But you guys' studio is a lot better than ours. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, We it, may have a bigger you know, following, but you guys have a lot nicer of a studio. Well, it's <laughs> been a process, and that's
0: one of the reasons why we probably don't have the a, as big of a following, because it's taken a little bit of time. And, and piece by piece putting this together. So, you just got to drink more moonshine. It'll come Yeah, <laughs> and then we need to drink more moonshine and maybe, <laughs> well, we already do the other too much, but it's okay. Um, but we had a great time.
3: Yeah, uh, thank you guys for coming down. Again. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks, thanks for having for hanging us out.
0: The Strange Road, Cryptids of the Corn. Cryptids of the Strange Corn Road. Yeah, Swapcast. Cryptids of the
1: Strange Corn Road. And you gotta Hello. say it a couple times. I love it. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> strange yeah. Corn Road. That's People are gonna look at the title and not know what the hell this is yeah. about. <laughs> well, like I
0: said, it's a working title. No, it's we'll what. It, no, with... it's what it is. Okay, okay. Well, like the algorithm's gonna hate it, but yeah. we're gonna love uh, it. Screw <laughs> I'll the algorithm. The hell out of this. Yeah. Anyways, anybody that's still with us on uh, YouTube. We love you. Uh, thanks for watching. Yeah, thanks yeah. for watching. Thanks Hope for sticking with it. us. This has been super fun. I mean, this is the exact reason why we put this yeah. together. Yeah. And, and this great. did this. this. will not be the last one. Yeah, no No, no.
1: no doubt. Uh, again, yeah. anything Signing else, off? Bob? No. Signing no, I had off? a great time. I Guys, yeah. Yeah. So, so, fun. Right. we have a tradition on our show. I know this oh. is not our studio. Oh, no. Do, do what you, but you do. But I would love to take over I'm like, a terrible host, so do what you step do. in at any time. We end every episode with somebody else. With counting down from three, okay, and screaming by into the mics, okay. The whole goal, goal for home was we're trying to break a mic because okay. then we get a free one. <laughs> it was an audio glitch from road, You get a free mic. Oh, yeah. so
3: you're just doing some quality, control. quality, yeah, yeah, quality
1: test. Yeah. So I'll count from down from three, and we'll scream if you guys are okay with that. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. All right, ha <laughs> ha. Three, two, one, bye.
3: <laughs> that was fun. I just screamed. Dude. Yep. That I can't believe do. you
0: lasted this long. Like.